Hello world and welcome back to the Morning Geekdom Podcast. As always, I am your host, Anthony Matulin, and today I am joined by my good friend, Vice Principal Leonard, and we will be discussing the current state of Star Wars. Rob, how are you doing, sir? I am amazing. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm I'm very good. Thank you. Um, how important we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna ask the question right off the bat. Oh, we're jumping right in. I thought right. we were gonna like small talk a little bit, but let's well, get right to business. We are gonna small talk, but I gotta sure. ask one question right off the bat. I can't wait. How important is Star Wars in your in your day-to-day life or just your life in general? Well, I'll put it to you this way. I'm, I'm sitting in my basement on my Star Wars shirt. I'm staring at a computer with a Star Wars sticker on it. Okay. I'm staring at a life-size C-3PO bust, and I'm surrounded by Star Wars autographs. So you could say I have like a mild interest in it. Yeah, just mild. Just mild. Okay. All right. How important is Star Wars to your children? What a great question. Um, it's it's bizarre. I wish I had something to like compare it to because I've thought of this question often, as ridiculous as that is. Right. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of in the periphery for them. It's just kind of – it surrounds them. Since they're infants, they kind of lived in this little weird world that dad has. Right. Um, now, do they just kind of like throw on Star Wars, just like kick it for the day? Absolutely not. They have like no interest in the cartoons. Really? Um, yeah. But they could tell you who uh, Jeremy Bullock is. They could tell you who Bob Anderson was. Um, there's my email. Um, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, they will always watch it with me. Um, and a little bit more specifically, like now that the movies are available to like go into the theater and see it opening night and all that stuff, they love that stuff. That's, that's the kind of one real joy right now. Okay. Um, but will they sit down and kind of, uh, have a philosophical conversation about Star Wars? Absolutely not. Okay. So, so it's not that they're just appeasing dad. They, they do enjoy it, but it's more of the like spectacle of it. It sounds like, or more of like the event of it going to the movies, not so much like, Hey, I'm going to put this on at home and sit down and watch it. It's more of like that, the event of going to see Star Wars or that dad likes it. It is that dad likes it. I imagine it's like, because I didn't grow up with a family that really was into sports because we were a little weird. Okay. Um, But I got to imagine it's like a five-year-old and like a uh, hardcore Yankees fan. Right. Who are like, and they're screaming at the TV on a daily basis and they're pretty much angry, you know, ugly people. Um, But (laughs) it's, you kind of get into it because your folks are into it and you don't certainly have the passion, but for some reason, you know, it's important to them. So whenever they get excited about it, you're going to get excited about it. Right. And I think that's where they're at. So we'll still go to the theaters, you know, they'll be real excited to see it. If I drag one of them to um, a convention because I'm that dad, um, you know, they, they want to see the star Wars people. Um, I was very lucky to get, uh, my, actually, thanks to you. I got my oldest to meet Carrie Fisher before she passed. I think, you know, a couple of months before she passed. Right. And, um, that, that same kid actually got to meet Mark Hamill. Um, my son, who you would imagine would be a little bit more geared towards that. We like to go see a little bit more kind of weird celebrity. Mm Mm-hmm. So we'll go to like the chiller con and go find Karen Allen, you know, who's taking time off from her job at like the fabric store right? (laughs) (laughs) and Richard Dreyfuss, who he was like, you would have thought he met God. 
when he met Richard Dreyfus, and it's the only kid on the planet who would be that excited. But wait, hold on, because he's excited about Mr. Holland's opus. He's excited about Jaws. Okay, okay. Well, I wasn't sure because I know you, you're you a fan of Mr. Holland's opus, correct? Oh, huge fan. You okay, know, so I, thought, I thought maybe, yeah, well, it's the vice principal thing. There I thought go. maybe it was because of that, but it's because of Jaws. So, okay, I have a little more respect for that. No, this kid is just, he's ridiculous. When he's in, he's all in. And that's right. the great thing about my kid. And he was going through a Jaws phase right after we visited Martha's Vineyard. Okay. That he has never come out of again. Okay. And it's not, a, he wasn't afraid of it. He's actually into it. Oh, no, he's all into it. He's, okay. he's very into like the makeup and the mechanics and the shooting of it. And, you know, beyond... And again, that's my kids. They don't get into the the magic of a movie. Okay. They get into like the making and you know the uh, the art of a movie. Okay, which is kind of cool for some. No, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, because they're they're young. Yeah. Uh, what made me laugh though is, is as you're you know you're telling me about this, you mentioned the Yankees. So yeah. my buddy Tyler, who's been a, a, a lifelong friend. Uh, he has a son. He has two children, but he has a son uh, named Indiana, which you would respect. Yeah. Uh, they, they call him Indy. I think he's six. Tyler is a lifelong Yankees fan. Yep. And just to be a contrarian, his son loves the Red Sox. <sighs> so I'm just like, I don't know how you deal with that because you you want to you know smack your kid around for liking the Red Sox if you're a Yankees fan. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of neither. But obviously, you know, I'm questioning I'm questioning that man's dedication to the Yankees. Yeah, because somewhere along the line, that kid went astray, mm-hmm. and I blame him completely. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I'll let him know. Uh, he he's he's been on the podcast a few times. I'm sure he'll listen, but uh, I'll definitely let him know he's he's failed the kid. But he Excellent. did name him Indiana, so that's awesome. Yeah, and they call him Indy. So you got to respect that. Yeah, so I got the only way I can get a Star Wars reference into my house was right. by naming my son Owen. And because it's not like a big name in Star Wars, <laughs> right. it was at least that I got the nod in there. But I was so close to Leia. And it just didn't work out. It just, it made the final list. It's just my, my wife just did not want to commit. Yeah. Well, she's just, that's just, you gotta let, you gotta let you do what you want sometimes, you know, you gotta let the husband yeah. be happy. It's just, <laughs> it's just a name. It's just a lifelong name. What's the problem? It's, it's no big deal. Yeah. I, I got no. the basement. That's, that's what I got out of the deal. It's a beautiful basement though. Yeah, it is. It really is nice. It is. It is. Um, it's something like that was with with Harry. Obviously, I named my dog Harry Parr, P-A-W-E-R. Yeah. Um, when we were driving home from when we when we when we got him, we were trying to figure out a name, and uh, he's he's all white, and we obviously were like, okay, we don't want to do the cliche like ghost or like snow or something like that. We wanted to name right. him a human name. So uh, the whole time I'm thinking, I'm going to name him Harry. I'm going to name him Harry Parr, and my wife's not going to go for it. She. <laughs> God love her. She deals with all of my stuff, but I don't think she'd go for that. So I'm throwing out names and I throw out Harry and she's like, oh, that's cute. And she looks it up and I guess in German, it means like ruler of the home or whatever. She's like, yeah, I like it. I was like, cool. We're going, we're going with Harry. And then a few hours later, Instagram comes out, Harry Parr. And then she's just looking at me like, are you kidding me? And 100% the next dog will either be Ron Wolfsley or Alba's Dumbledog. I'm undecided. (laughs) You're just ready for the next dog just so you can name it. Correct. Yeah. We're all in and she doesn't have a choice. So uh, sorry, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Harry's got more followers on Instagram than I do. Yeah. But I, I mean, think, and then you do. Uh, yeah, he does. But I mean, you've seen him. He he shuts stuff down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We went to, uh, my wife took him to, she was going to Panera Bread the other day and uh, she, his head sticking out of the back of the of the car and the the people working the, the drive-thru were so like enamored by him they gave him like a cup of 
like whipped cream. <laughs> and so he's just eating like a cup of whipped cream. And I'm just like, what, what's going on here? But this is, this is what happens. I take him out. He shuts things down. Everybody wants to see him. It's, it's ridiculous. It's like bringing the hot girl to the bar. He is. It's, he's the yeah, equivalent to bringing the hot girl to the bar. People just all the attention and everybody's buying him drinks. And yeah. it's like, what the hell? It was worse when he was a puppy. Right. Now that he's a little older, it's not as bad, but yeah, exactly. Um, I've never experienced that. So yeah, neither have I. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody buying me beer. No, no. I mean, I bought you, a, I think, a beer. But. Oh, yes, you did. You bought me a whole growler, a beautiful growler. It's there still you out go. There you go. Okay. So I have, I mean, I have so many questions that I want to go through and just kind of where we are with Star Wars and how it how it's affected our lives obviously you and i have both grown up with it um but i think we've kind of gone on different paths because i know you're still very passionate about it and i'm starting to almost resent it Ooh, oh that's yeah. a bummer yeah well 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 i mean <clears throat> we'll dive into it a little further yeah so just real quick couple facts i'm sure everybody knows obviously disney purchased lucasfilm in 2012 for four billion dollars which bargain. It, it actually seems like it might be a little bit of a bargain considered yeah. like what they've done with it. Um, Cause at that point, what did they really have? So they had the original trilogy. They had a couple of the animated shows in the, they had like Ewoks and droids, right. In the, yep. in like 85. And I think clone wars, the original clone wars was still under, um, under Lucas. Yeah, they had, so they had the first, well, they had the, the all the prequels. Um, yep. Then they had the, cl- they had clone wars, not the clone wars, right. Which were like the 15 minute, Oh, uh, right. The uh, Samurai Jack jobs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then they had the full The Clone Wars uh, series, which I, was that still on when they purchased it? I think it was because it ran. It was. For, it ran. Yeah, they okay. were just wrapping it up. You know, the, mo- the they did the whole animated movie thing because right. that's a great story, I'm going to tell you. And then they um, I think they were just wrapping that up and they were working with this. I actually remember they were working on Star Wars detours. Um, which was that Seth Green series that they were going to try to do. Yeah, the Robot Chicken series, right? Right, and they were just going to shit all over Star Wars with it. And I think that <laughs> was the last project before Disney bought them up. And then as soon as Disney bought them, they're like, all right, see this thing? Let's get rid of this. Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, yeah so Clone War- the Clone Wars ran through 2014, but apparently it's coming back in 2019. That's what I read, either for oh. a season or I don't know. There's so many different things coming out or rumored to come out with star Wars. It's ridiculous. We're drowning in it right now. It's, and that's kind of my issue. That's yeah. one of my issues. Okay. So we said it was, was purchased for four mil or $4 billion, right? Yeah. It's valued right now at $42 billion. Oh, and that's just coming from merchandising. Correct. So, and half of it's probably from me. I was going to say how much of that 42 billion have you invested? I know at one point I had considerable amounts uh, of investment in star Wars merchandise, not so much anymore. I'm just, it's, it's ridiculous when you like go through, like, again, because I'm sitting in the basement right now. So I'm looking around, just looking at all the shit that I bought over the years. (laughs) And it's like, I was buying stuff when I didn't have any money. My first purchase, um, when I got a real, not even a real job, but like a job, I was like selling, uh, electronics at a department store. Um, I went up to FEO Schwartz. They had an FEO Schwartz in the mall with me and I bought one of those little Rydell, um, Darth Vader helmets. Yeah. And it was a hundred bucks. And was it's it? like, yeah, I had no money to spend a hundred bucks on this stupid piece of plastic. Apparently you did. <laughs> but for some reason I bought it and sure enough, it's still sitting in the collection. But that's the, I think that's the core of this entire thing. And this is why I, it's worth so much right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the worth is going to be much longer to be totally honest. And see, that's what I was going to ask you. So 
uh, you and I met through Star Wars collecting. Uh, you and I met through autograph Star Wars autograph collecting. Yep. Um, I used to shout collect. To What's that? Shout out to Rebel Scum. Yeah, shout out to Rebel Scum. Uh, you know, it's it's dying, but it's still there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's there. It's pretty rough now. Um, <laughs> I got a poster I'm trying to sell. I've even put it on that. It doesn't seem to be moving. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got you got to go through the Facebook group, right? Uh, the Facebook group. Yeah, That's we can talk about there. that in a little bit too. <laughs> um, okay, so I think so. I used to collect as well. Um, yeah. I started collecting uh, when they re-released. Uh, I forget even what it's called, like the 90, I think it was like 95. What were the ones called that were like muscular looking figures? I can't even remember at this point. Oh, Power of the Force, Power man. Of the Force. Okay. Working in a toy store when those things came yeah. out. So my brother was working at, at Toys R Us and somehow yeah. I would end up getting all of the air ones, the ones that were, you know, Luke with the different or the short lightsaber or Luke with the longer lightsaber, all the ones right. that were really collectible at that time, I guess. Cool. I ended up getting those. I collected all the way through Revenge of the Sith, I think, is when I stopped after that movie stopped collecting because yeah. it just got too much ended up selling off everything. I started collecting, uh, props, you know, the replica yeah. props, master replica. Um, but then that started getting too expensive. So I just kind of got out of all of that and then somehow got into autograph collecting star Wars yeah. autograph collecting. And the first major piece I bought was, I think, uh, it was a indie with actually wasn't star Wars. It was Indiana Jones, uh, from cool waters first signing. Oh, you got one of the posters. One of the posters, yeah, that was it was. Uh, I think at that point it was only like five fifty, so it was actually pretty right. cheap at that time. And I remember that posting and be like five hundred and fifty dollars yeah. for a signed poster. That's ridiculous, <laughs> right? Which what is the what is the going rate now for the, his signings? Um, for if you if you're finding it for like twelve hundred bucks, I mean you're you're lucking out. And then the send in, which I can't even fathom how much they're going to ask for, right? But um, I'm sure we'll get to that one later too. Yeah. But yeah, it's it in the grand scope of life right now. People are spending five hundred dollars on Mark Hamill stuff, and oh you know whatever God. it was <laughs> ten years ago, you could have got a Harrison Ford on a poster for five hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, and people are probably hearing us talk about autographs, and they're just like, "Why would you ever spend money on that?" So it's a sickness. I, you know, I ask myself every day, <laughs> as do I, as do I. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think that the I, I'm with you where I think that it's it's dying. Like I think the yeah. merchandising is dying. You can go to the store. And I mean, I, I just out of habit still, I'll, when I go to the store, I'll always walk through the, the toy aisle just cause you know, I used to collect a lot of that stuff. I'm just interested in it. So I don't buy yeah. anything and it's, you just see the same shit over and, and it, over and over. Part of it was, um, I used to do the same thing. You and I followed the exact same path as far as the toys up to revenge of the Sith. Um, I went right into props and then once props became ridiculous, I went into autographs. And then when autographs became ridiculous, I was poking around with uh, the Hot Toys um, figures for a while. Right, right. And now it's just like, as I'm kind of wandering around and looking at stuff, it's like, I'm good now. Like, I, I think, if anything, I'm selling stuff off. But I remember the heyday, because every once in a while you find the box of Star Wars toys. Right. Of going to Toys R Us, and my wife used to call it the, um, the Toys R Us walk. Mm -hmm. So we would pull into a Toys R Us, and for some reason I felt the need to sprint to the Star Wars aisle <laughs> because I got to push that eight-year-old out of the way for the yeah. one IG-88 that they might have. Right. And um, there was like a sport to it. But I think what made it so good, you know, in that time anyway, is that we didn't have that much because, again, when, when that whole collecting thing was happening, um, we just came out of like Star Wars on um, uh, special edition on VHS. Right. 
And um, we were in the heyday of the, the books and the expanded universe because there was a crying for Star Wars stuff, but there was nothing out there. Yeah. So just that little glimmer of Star Wars figures that we were kind of reliving our childhood, but now we kind of had a couple of bucks that we could buy this stuff. I mean, that was a joy in those days. Yeah, it was it was an event. Yeah. I mean, so I it's similar to what you were saying. My Saturday and Sunday mornings before my wife would wake up were <laughs> I would I would go to Walmart, Target. Like there were certain stores I would hit and we would I would see the same guys every yeah. morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they were either Hot Wheel collectors or Star Wars collectors. Yep. And it, it was the same. You'd hit the same certain stores every single Saturday and Sunday morning. And you knew the stock guys, which this is oh, when yeah. it becomes a sickness. Yeah. So you'd walk in and like see like Kevin. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, Kevin, did you get the new case in? Yeah. Like, oh, we got it sitting in the back, but we got to get rid of all these. Yeah, yeah, all the peg warmers. Right. And then we would take all, like lunatics. We would take <laughs> them off the pegs. We'd walk them to the baby aisle, like hide them behind a box and be like, Kev, look, there's all this room now. You should bring that box out. Yeah, definitely. The best was when you would go to, to Walmart and that's out here. I don't know what stores you were going to, you know, in New York. You would go to Walmart like late at night and, <laughs> and, and it was like Christmas Day if they had like a pallet out and you saw... The Star Wars box. That's right. And you were just like, you get to, you know, you had to sneak it because usually they wouldn't let you do it. And you just opened it and you, you could see it had like the tissue paper in it still. Oh, that's right. I'm like, oh, is that the right one? There's only one in there. That's got to yeah. be it. Yeah. 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 Um, wow. And then God forbid, like the Hot Wheel guys started grabbing Star Wars stuff because that was bad news. You were just ready wow, to fight. The Hot Wheels guys would meet the guy in the truck who was dropping off the stock. Like oh, those yeah. guys were nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I remember Phantom Menace, you know, again, there were, like you said, there was a, there was a, a time frame where it, Star Wars merchandise wasn't out. Right. So I remember Phantom Menace was coming out and I walked into a toys, Toys R Us and they had a sign saying like, oh, midnight release for toys. And I was like, yeah. what is this? Like, what the hell? I've never even heard of something like this pre-internet or pre like everybody having the internet. Right. And it was an event, man. We went... <laughs> Again, God love my wife. Right. She married you anyway. Yeah. She went with me sat <laughs> outside for like hours, man. Uh, hours. Doors open and you just ran to like the bin and you just dump. You have no idea what the stuff is worth. What's going to be. Rare. No, it's and you don't even know who the characters are yet. I remember that one too. They're like, who the hell is this? Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. There's only one. You got to buy it. Yeah. The, the, I remember the, uh, what was the, what was the pilot's name? Rick something. Oh, Rick Oley. Yeah, um, everybody was like, I got to get him. Or everybody's like, I got to get Jar Jar Binks. And you're like, you really don't. Yeah, Jar Jar Binks was going to revolutionize uh, how movies were, if I remember yep. right. Yep. And then there were the there was the goddamn KFC and Taco Bell Pizza Hut toys. We have a Mace Windu oh, that still we because we, you know, we had our tree, but we couldn't afford a star. But for some reason, I had Mace Windu. <laughs> so he was on the top of the tree. So every year since that stupid topper has made it onto the tree, it is our now family tradition to have Samuel Jackson celebrate with us. And it's still there. It's always still, always. And the kids look for it too. They're like, where's Samuel Jackson? Not Mace Windu. Where's Samuel Jackson where's going Sam, this year? Where's Sam Jackson? <laughs> but I, I mean, I, so. But that was a magical time, you know? Yeah, it was like an event. It was an event. That, the summer leading up to Phantom Menace was bananas between like the little bits of information that, that you know was coming out that nobody believed it um and i was in college at this time we had a countdown on the door that was like how many days until <laughs> episode one release 
We did exactly what you did. Again, college, no money, but for some reason, we're standing out there at midnight trying to buy toys. Um, <laughs> listening to the soundtrack like it was like the voice of God. It yeah. was ridiculous. And I remember the day it came out, my RA um, saw like the first showing in the shitty theater in town. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we're absolutely not doing this. We're going to go drive to like the big theater about a half hour, 40 minutes away. And I saw him in the morning. I just came out of class. And he looks at me, a big, stupid grin on his face. He's like, hey, I saw it, and I'm still alive. <laughs> and I mean, that word right there, that explains like how like magical it was going to be to see that movie in the theater. Like, yeah. We didn't even think it was going to be real. Yeah, because I, I didn't – did you see – I mean, obviously, I was too young. Um, I wasn't even born when The New Hope came out. Uh, I wasn't born when Empire came out. So I didn't see any of the original trilogy in the theater. Did you I did see- not – no, okay. I did not. My first movie I saw in the theater was E.T. Okay. And I didn't see Star Wars in the theater until um, special edition until 97. 97, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I I did. I remember buying a ticket to go see the trailer for Phantom Menace and then leaving oh. the movie because it was in front of some shitty movie. I can't remember what it was. Wing Commander. <laughs> yeah. I remember literally going in, watching the trailer and being like, Darth Maul blew my mind. Oh, yeah. Because they had, I think, only like one shot of him. And I was just like, who is this guy? And oh, you- and then he whips out the double lightsaber yeah. and then all of us let out the same noise. Yeah. Oh. Well, and then remember, did you did you or did you not subscribe to Star Wars Insider? Oh, of course I did. Are you kidding? <laughs> Fan club member. Oh man. <laughs> okay. So I think we we yeah. have the same feelings at that point. And I think during that time, I was less jaded on Star Wars. Um Oh yeah, Star yeah. Wars could do no wrong in those days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because we're just so hungry for it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It it really was an event. Um, so I just want to kind of really, really quick before we start talking about that again, break yeah. down. I don't know how how anybody wouldn't know this, um, but break down obviously the difference between the original trilogy, prequels, and sequel trilogy, which oh, I didn't okay. realize it was called the sequel trilogy until like this morning. Yeah, I didn't know that until uh, half a second ago when you just said it. Yeah, apparently it's called the sequel trilogy based yeah. on like just doing a quick internet research. Um, yeah. So obviously you have A New Hope, 1977, Empire Strikes Back, 1980, Return of the Jedi, 1983. Which of those yeah. is your favorite movie? Oh, Empire Strikes Back, hands okay. down. Okay. Without discussion. <laughs> is Empire Strikes Back your favorite movie ever? Um, that's a tough question. And that's, again, it's I'm jaded in the sense that we grew up in such a great, great time um, for movies yeah. that it's it's hard to say that. I could very easily say it's my favorite Star Wars movie, as it continues to be. Um, but my favorite movie of all time, I mean, you got too much other stuff. You got 89 Batman. You got Superman, uh, Christopher Reeve. You got Indiana Jones. Okay. Um, you got Star Trek II. There's, there's a little bit too much kind of going on there. But, you know, it's I, – I, I like that question – because you really kind of find out who the Star Wars nerds are. Yeah. So if you ask somebody kind of randomly at a convention, because I've been there, I'm like, hey, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? And then they hit you with like, oh, Return of the Jedi. And it's like, no, it's not. Or it's like, oh, Rogue One is the big one. Oh, Rogue One is the best movie ever. And it's like, oh, that's great. I'm, I'm welcome to the hobby. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's, it's always Empire. It's, okay. It is the most iconic of the films. It's funny because, so I, I went through a whole, at one point growing up as a kid, Return of the Jedi was my favorite. And I think it was because of, there's more lightsaber fights. The the fight at the end with with Luke and Vader is yeah. considerably 
better and just more than than any of the other films at that point. Right. Um, there's a little bit of it's more a little more slapsticky, and I think that plays itself a little bit more for kids. Um, yeah. Obviously, the Ewoks, and then the Ewoks start to annoy you as you get older. Um, <laughs> and then at one point, it then transitioned into New Hope <laughs> randomly. Yeah. I don't know why, yeah. but it's forever been. I mean, since I've been. I don't know, my late teens, early adulthood, uh, it's been Empire Strikes Back. And that is my favorite movie ever. It, I, I think that's where we find it. I, and, and I agree with you because younger, um, because our age is kind of butted up better against Return of the Jedi than the yep. other ones. Um, so we had a little bit more invested in there. But it was, it was growing up and maybe just like teenage, rebellious, angry years <laughs> that you're looking at Empire and you're like, Empire is a great movie. But again, you start dissecting it as you get older and I right. think there's there's more iconography in it. Like Darth Vader, when you think Darth Vader, I, you know, there's a good chunk of people that, you know, they think about the ship at the beginning of A New Hope and then he comes out of it, he kind of looks around, he keeps walking. That's not my Darth Vader. My Darth Vader is uh, backlit with uh, orange flooring and blue background yeah. and that's been Darth Vader's my guy. Yeah, yeah, the, just the silhouette. Like you yeah. said, the silhouette. I think too, Return of the Jedi, like Luke, is cool. Like the suit is his all black suit. You're like, all right, Luke is awesome. But then to play devil's advocate, like Han's Han is the worst in that movie. Oh, it's, it's awful. It's and awful. It's a travesty. So somehow he went from like the coolest person ever in, in a new hope. And then he's yeah. still pretty awesome, you know, in, in empire. And then he goes to like, he's a doofus. He's a, he's like, he's a character that doesn't necessarily have anything to do and has really no reason to be there. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, and Harrison Ford nailed it. Uh, you know, he was trying to convince Lucas to kill him off. Yeah, he should. I mean, I, I firmly believe that he should have died in Empire and not not uh, whatever the hell the name is that he died in uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. Like, he, no, it, he doesn't, the way they killed him off in Force Awakens just doesn't do that character justice. I don't think no. it gave it shock value. And even I was happy to see him in Force Awakens. Don't get the wrong idea. I was at a Star Wars convention. I think it was Celebration. I think it was Anaheim. Yeah. When they did the um, the Force Awakens trailer, yeah. And they had the moment that he's like Chewie, we're home. And I swear to you, I saw a forty three year old, three hundred pound man with a full beard drop to the ground crying because <laughs> he saw it on his cell phone, and it's just like, what the hell is happening to us? That sounds about but, right. Yeah, but it's it, it it comes back to like that was kind of what we needed, something that we always wanted. I think that again, that's why Force Awakens, um, even that little bit of time leading up to that, we had a little feeling, a little nostalgia, and a menace. The you know that the world is new ahead of us, and yeah. you know it's one more shot to do something amazing. And you know, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, but it's it's never quite the movie you have in your head. No, no, it's uh, yeah. We'll we'll get to it in a sec. Yeah. Um. All right. So then we obviously that is the that is the the pinnacle for Star Wars, right? For the for yeah, at least yeah. the film, the quality. Those the original trilogy is the pinnacle. It doesn't that, get better than that. That is your standard, and we build from those. Okay. Um. And it pains me when I meet someone who's younger, and they're like, "Those movies, I don't like them. They don't look good. Right. They <laughs> Just, don't hold up. They're yeah. boring. They yeah. they a hundred percent hold up. They still look great." without a doubt i mean how many times do they have to re-release it until you enjoy the way it looks speaking of that do you are you a person that that does not like the re-released 97 versions i'm i'm really okay there's a couple of stupid things in there like the the, 
you know, and it's you know, like I'm, I'm struggling on my voice to figure out which one is stupider than the other. Yeah. But I think some of them just stand out obnoxiously. Yeah. The um, when Han meets uh, Jabba and he's like yeah. steps on his steps on him, alleged, you know, supposedly, I, I could do without that scene. It was like, and it would, and, it, and I would live without that scene. That that scene does not drive the story either way. No. Like we were content just understanding that Jabba was a bad guy. And again, I'm we're coming from a place that we didn't really know anything other than Jabba the slug. Yeah. You know, so when that movie first came out and maybe somebody scratched their head and be like, who is this Jabba person? Yeah. But there was no reason to do that. You know, I, I, the cleanup stuff that they did and the sound enhancements and all that stuff is great. Yeah. But once you start looking at like the computer enhanced stuff, that's the stuff that doesn't look like it's held up very well. So the, the computer enhanced stuff that they added back in 97 looks worse than the movie now. Yes, without a doubt. It doesn't without hold up, doubt. but it still doesn't bother me. Obviously, the, the part that bothers me the most is when they changed, you know, who shot first, because I think oh, that yeah. was fundamental in, in Han's character development. Right. And so I don't I'm not a big fan of that, but I I'm not someone one of these people who absolutely hate George Lucas because he keeps tinkering with the original trilogy or he did like it doesn't it doesn't take me out of the movies. Now, the thing with Lucas is that he was such an advocate for saving, you know, classic film. Right. And not to um, re-edit them, not to color them, and you know, to make sure that when a film was added to the registry, um, it is there in its pureness, you know, the entire way. And for some reason, he has to keep poking at it, poking at it. And his reasoning is, it's not, you know, it's not the way that I wanted it, so I'm going back to fix it. But it's like, George, it doesn't belong to you anymore. Like, you had your shot, and now it belongs to us. Like, it's the fans. We're the ones who are keeping it alive. And he never was able to wrap his head around that. And that's why the, and you could argue with why the prequel tri- trilogy is so bad and why the special editions are so bad is because George had free reign on those. Right. And he's like, I'm the boss and it's going to be the way I want it. And I think to a degree, and, you know, forgive me, don't come kill me for saying this, Star Wars nerds, <laughs> that George really doesn't, like, he knows the movies, he knows his own kind of mythos. Um, but there are certain parts that he just doesn't understand about his characters. And I think that is a quintessential one. I, I agree with that to a point. Like I agree with that. He doesn't, he doesn't understand the characters anymore, at least what he's created. Right. Um, but I also think that he's become anti star Wars almost to a point, obviously where he doesn't like what he's created either. Like he's, no, he, think- it, it's the, it's the fans that are doing that to him too. And that's, that's the travesty of it all. Yeah. And that's something, you know, a little bit later in the podcast I really want to talk about is is the fans. And uh, yeah. I have some some stronger opinions on on them as a fandom. Oh, the fans. Oh, the fans. Um, and we're part of the what is it? The uh, guilty by association. So, oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, we're in it deep. <laughs> right. Accurate. Um, all right. So then we go into, to me, the darkest time for Star Wars, uh, which are the prequels. Uh, So you have Phantom Menace in 99, Attack of the Clones in 2002, and Revenge of the Sith in 2005. Oh, but wait, you did skip over one very important Uh, moment in Star Wars history. I certainly did, sir. What is it? Shadows of the Empire. Oh, man. See, I didn't. Okay. (laughs) I didn't think you were going to go Shadows of the Empire. I thought you were going to go. It has its own soundtrack. A book has its own soundtrack. I thought you were going, and it has its own video game. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going Christmas special. Oh, and you know what? I think today is the anniversary. It's the 40-year anniversary of that stupid thing. Okay, kids, if you haven't looked up the Star Wars Christmas special, uh, it's got to be on YouTube, I would imagine. Do yourself a oh, favor and go watch it. It yeah. is, um, they have, I, I think Carrie, doesn't Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill sing? 
Harry Fisher, who is obviously either stoned or drunk. Or both. Or both. So is Harrison Ford, which is kind of funny. And Mark Hamill is just coming off the operating table for his nose job. Correct. So it's like everything just looks bizarre and weird. Oh, B. Arthur is the one singing. Oh, B. Arthur sings as well. Carrie Fisher sings to the Star <laughs> Wars theme at the end. Yeah, but B. Arthur has a whole in, uh, where is she at? She's on Tatooine, right? Yeah, she's in the uh, most icy canteen. Yeah, and she's singing about like who she's serving, correct? Yeah, she's singing the Get the Hell Out song. Yeah. <laughs> Does she have an action figure? How did B. Arthur never get an action figure? I don't know. What the hell's wrong with the world? I don't know. But go, if you haven't watched it, I'm, I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's awful. Go watch it. It's, it'll blow your mind. <laughs> what is, like, the, if you really kind of look at the fame of the Star Wars holiday special, they'll always go to like, all right, it's the first appearance of Boba Fett in that super little animated thing. Jesus, yeah. Which Harrison Ford does the voiceover. So does James Earl Jones and everybody else. Right. And again, drunk off his ass. Um... But the real joy of that movie is there's about a half, 20 minutes to a half hour. I don't want to build it up too, too much. <laughs> that is just Wookiees talking to each other without closed captioning or dubbing. Correct. So it's just like, and about 10 minutes in, they take the oldest um, Chewbacca. Um, I think his name is like Lumpy or Smelly or Goofy or whatever his name is. Or like a door. They, yeah. <laughs> they plug him into a machine that has, I think, Gladys Knight stripping and singing. Correct. And he's just moaning through the entire thing. Yep. And these are the things that people skip over. So if you're going to do holiday special, you know, grab yourself a couple of beers and sit through the whole two hours. Yeah, you don't got to fast forward it. No, no, no. You don't watch clips. You got to watch it start to finish. Oh, you got to. And enjoy. And enjoy. But it's okay. almost religious at the end, which makes it even weirder. And we're given this way more time than it deserves. But guys, we can't emphasize enough. See this stupid thing. Yeah, it's it's if you're a Star Wars fan, you have to see it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Shadow. Let's just talk about it then, real quick. Shadows of the Empire. Shadows uh, of the Empire is a stronger story than most of the movies. Oh yes, absolutely. And how it never got made into either an animated movie or or they didn't pull from they didn't even pull from any of the story into any of the movies like at the, all the 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 real geeks will see it um in the special edition as they're coming through into most Eisley cantina the ship that dash rendar um drove around and i forget what the heck the name of it is yeah I can't um, actually makes an appearance in the special edition okay <clears throat> but it's a quarter of a second you got to be able to see it but, but it's they make no reference to like Prince Zizor. They make oh, no, no Even reference. Black Sun. Yeah. And Black Sun was supposed to be a big thing. And that stupid Han Solo movie would have been a perfect place for it to be jammed into. And um, they didn't. They opted for, um, you know, Jesus goofy Dark Maul. Jesus Christ. I don't yeah. even understand. Okay. So my favorite uh, extended universe. Uh, is either going to be the kind of the hut gambit like that uh, young Han Solo trilogy. Okay. Oh, great trilogy. Yeah. Or shadows of the empire. Yep. And I don't understand how they pulled from neither of those for the solo, uh, in, you know, individual movie or the, uh, the standalone movie. I don't understand I, how they didn't I, pull. You, you, and they had great writers and it was great writing and it was great storytelling. And the, the other amazing thing about those books is that they built off of certain things in uh, the movies that were already there. Right. So, you know, with the Han Solo trilogy, 
they built not kind of like, oh, this is where he got the dice from. Hey, hey, no. here's where he got the gun. It's like, who cares? Yeah. But like, why does he feel the way he does about women? Why does he feel the way he does about Chewbacca? You know, how does he speak uh, Wookiee? And it was like subtle references that drove the story forward. Yeah. But they just, you know, when you're sitting around trying to like, hey, we're going to make a Han Solo movie. What should it be about? There's no guy in the room that said, hey, I read uh, The Paradise Snare in 1996. Right. You know, that guy isn't in the room. Right. Well, even, okay, so if you read, so Shadows of the Empire is yep. essentially the events uh, between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. So you have essentially Lando and, and Leia trying to find Han and then trying yep. to figure out once they do find Han, how are they going to infiltrate Job of the Hut? But then you have this weird power struggle between a character, uh, Zizor, and I'm, I'm pronouncing that right, right? Zizor? It's Zizor or Chizor. It's, it's one of okay. those things. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've never listened to the audiobook. I've only only read it. Anyways, you have a weird power struggle between him and Vader trying to like uh, win the affection, essentially, of, of uh, Emperor Palpatine, right? Yeah. Then, isn't it, there a weird side thing where Leia meets Zizor and there's like some sexual tension between the two? And that is the kind of beyond just kind of like the the goodness of the book. That's a great kind of part of it, right. because there's this whole internal struggle that late. Now I'm really like getting into geek world here. There's this <laughs> whole internal struggle that Leia is having that she is, you know, feels that she is betraying somebody who she's supposed to go out and save. But meanwhile, there's really no commitment between the two of them. Correct. It's like she's kind of held back by this thought of the love that she might have for a man. Um, that the only thing that she got once she kind of revealed herself to him completely was a two-worded answer. And now we're going into poetry. But it might be the greatest answer of all time. Yeah, there it is. Um, <laughs> That's what makes Shadows of the Empire so good. Right. And then you have Luke um, on Tatooine, essentially, you know, building his lightsaber and kind of fi- working on finishing becoming a Jedi, essentially. Because you right. never get, you get no story, you get no Hey, what happened between Empire and Return of the Jedi? You get nothing in Return of the Jedi that shows how any of this stuff happened. Like, how does Luke have a new lightsaber? Right. How is he now a Jedi? How did Leia get in? How did uh, Leia and and Lando infiltrate Jabba? So Shadows of the Empire does all of that. It's a short read. It's actually about, like you mentioned about Dash Rendar is actually the main character. Yeah. Um, but it's a short read. It's, I don't know, 300 pages maybe. Yeah, and it's short and it's quick and there's a lot of great stuff in it. But sadly, it's not canon. So it's just like, as soon as you read it, forget everything you just read. Yeah. And then it's also, they did a, I think an N64 game based on it. Yep. They did uh, like, uh, the N64. Yep. And yeah. a couple of comic books and yep. it was a whole bunch yeah. of stuff. And uh, and like Rob said, it does have its own soundtrack somehow. <laughs> um, so go check it out. If you're a fan of Star Wars and you've never read it, do yourself a favor and do it because it's, it's pretty highly recommended. Yeah. All right. Getting back to the prequels. Um. Attack of the Clones is my least favorite movie ever, ever made by any, <laughs> by any, any imaginable film, any, anything I'm looking at it is, I hate it. That is troll too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> troll hunter. Um, <clears throat> so obviously there's worse films than this, um, but everything that I had built up for it, it's, yeah. it's terrible, man. It's a terrible, it's terrible movie. Terrible. <laughs> The, the movie could be just in one image, if you want to kind of understand how bad that movie is, is just pause it on Obi-Wan in just about every other scene when he's got the fake hair and fake beard on. He looks like Jesus. He looks like Jesus. It's ridiculous. And, and, and sand is coarse and I hate it. Oh, you know, <laughs> it's good for him for getting that out with a straight face. Dude. 
It's and you and it looks like Natalie Portman is just like just give me the paycheck already. Like I'm just get this kid away from me. He's creeping me out. I think you, he's Canadian. Have you ever seen a cast of more credible actors assembled, and it be just terrible? It's awful. It's awful. Everyone forgot how to act. It's and terrible, it's, man. Everybody blames the same thing. Everybody blames. Well, it was green screen. It's like no, it wasn't the green screen. It's it's a mixture of the dialogue, but it's like you certainly didn't help at all. It's dialogue. It's chemistry. It's yeah. them not trying. It's it is green screen. It's just terrible, man. And it's George not understanding. That's like it's it's an important thing. Like you you have to understand that you know these characters fell in love, and you know there is some. Um, something there, but they couldn't have casted two worse people because they don't even look like they like each other. Dude, they when she kisses him on the cheek after she jumps on whatever that fucking <laughs> dinosaur th- it's terrible, man. Oh yeah. It's like, oh hey, thanks for picking me up from school. Yeah. It was like that level of weird. And then when he has to give the speech about how he killed all the Tuscan Raiders and I hate them and I slaughtered them like animals, dude, it's terrible. It looks like a five year old yelling at you about Oreos. It's <laughs> Dude, I, I love Oreos. <laughs> it's <laughs> awful. It's so bad. It's so bad. And but I'll this, tell you who who does try to bring it in these movies, and you got to give him credit because he made what he could out of what was there. And it's Ewan McGregor. Uh, yeah, Ewan is fine. Ewan is he, fine in them. He's working. He's working the dialogue. He's trying to like quote unquote act, and he's trying to drive the story forward. It's just everybody else just seems like they're wooden. And speaking of Samuel L. Jackson, Ugh. it's like you, you were hired to be Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. But I don't know who the hell you are in this movie. He's Samuel L. Jackson as a fucking Jedi. He's yeah. shit in these movies, too. Ugh. You know, there's the there's the the I don't know if it's an urban legend or a rumor or whatever that Tupac originally was either cast or not cast, but auditioned for Mace Windu. Yeah, I would have I would have rather seen that like stuff he was in. He was fine. Sam Jackson is just playing Sam Jackson. Yeah. I, I'm not the biggest Sam Jackson fan. Obviously, like Pulp Fiction is different, you know, but he, most of the time he just plays himself. Yeah. And that's why he was so good in Shaft, because Shaft was like the ideal role for him. Yeah. But it's it for this movie, the everything that we needed, everything that was charming about Samuel L. Jackson in those kind of other over-the-top movies, it just didn't show up. Samuel L. Jackson should not play the stoic Jedi. No. Samuel L. Jackson should play like the edgy Jedi with different ideas that don't take shit from nobody. It's there's, like that guy. Yeah. Yeah. There's zero understatement or understated performance in Sam Jackson's performance. Yeah. And I think you have to be a little understated. And then Christopher he, Lee in that movie uh, is awful. And there's, you know, here is an icon of like science fiction and horror. And we're going to jam him in the star Wars movie, just like Peter Cushing and give him the worst dialogue and practically nothing to do. And then replace him by like a Nintendo character at the end of the movie. The, yeah, the the effects in this movie are terrible, terrible, terrible. You have the dude who's the guy he, that you and go or Obi Wan goes to see Dak. Was it Dak something? Dak? Oh, uh, Dexter Jester Jesus or something. Like that. six hands. Yeah, and then the one scratching his ass. The, I think honestly, I think the, <laughs> it is scratching his ass at one point. The 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 biggest mistake of the of the prequels, I believe, is prematurely killing off Darth Maul. He was the coolest thing you had going for you. That goes back to George. George doesn't understand a, what we want or B what actually works in a star Wars movie. So Uh, he made it up to us though. He gave us Django Fett who he also immediately killed, but Django Fett sucked too. (laughs) He did suck. He had one kind of, he had a couple moment. Yeah. But 
other than that, it it sucks. And it's funny. I ran, and I don't. It's. I'm sure TMR Morrison is not listening to this, but I was asking him in. Um, I think it was Celebration Four. And for some reason, he didn't have a line. So I was nerdy and case signed my Boba Fett picture, even though you're not in it. And I was like, you know, you really looked like you were enjoying yourself in that movie. Um, and he's just like, yeah, it kind of looked that way, but you really don't. And, you know, I really wish there was more <laughs> that could have gone on with the character. Poor guy just didn't just wanted to work. Yeah. But, um, you know, speaking of video games, kind of driving the story a little bit further, Django Fett had a great video game on GameCube that drove that character, you know, way better than the movie ever could. Well, I remember reading, I don't know why I did it. I remember reading the novel, uh, you know, obviously they do a novel based on the movie or based on the screenplay before a little, usually comes out about a month before the movie comes out Mm -hmm. and I read it and I really enjoyed it. The attack of the clones book. Correct. And it's who is it? R.A. Salvador, I think. Sure. Wrote it. Is that, am I that nerdy that I know that? I think you're right. But it was actually pretty enjoyable. And then the movie was it's just so bad. And yeah. I can only equate that to the effects and and just how it how it looks and the lack of chemistry. And it's just it's so bad. We, all, the, we were all just gazed upon Yoda with a lightsaber and bouncing around all over the place. And we thought that was like the world's greatest thing until we walked out of the theater. And was just like, wow, wasn't that cool? And, and it's like, like, why like, would you have a lightsaber? Yeah. Why? <laughs> and where did the lightsaber go? Like, why? Oh, God. <laughs> so then you get into the Revenge of the Sith. Okay, 2005. Uh, yeah. I know people are like, this is the best of the trilogy. It's still not good. It's still not good. It's and not that's good. it. They promised us, Rick McCollum, I remember, it came out of his face. <laughs> saying that, you know, the other two movies really weren't what the fans were looking for. Uh-huh. We're going to make it up to them with episode three. And, and, and how did that do? We all believed him. And it's, you know, there there are good parts and there are bad parts. And again, you know, Ewan McGregor really tries. So does Ian McDermott, mm-hmm. really puts on a good performance. Hayden Christensen is doing the best with what he's got. Yeah. But it's it just didn't it just didn't get there. We all have we, we were listening to or at least thinking about what was that fight like between Obi-Wan and Anakin Skywalker um, that actually put him in the suit. And we wanted to see Darth Vader in the suit a little bit, like just, you know, figuring out how to walk and do all the shit that Darth Vader does. <laughs> but what we got was what half hour, 45 minutes of two guys hitting lightsabers against each other. And it is almost boring. And as much time and effort went to that lightsaber scene, yeah, it's one of the more forgettable things about the movie. Only thing I ever think about is the cringeworthy uh, dialogue between Ewan or between Obi-Wan and Anakin before they start fighting and <laughs> Anakin monologuing about why this happened and uh, you will not take her from me and all. Oh God, it's so uh, bad. Man. And then I have the high ground and uh, just it's it's. Ugh. It's Ugh. awful. And again, and that's a great scene to think about because there's a moment in there of like genius and heartfelt warmth. And it is, he just jumps over him. So we're kind of dealing with that. And like, he's just sitting there right now um, about to get burned. Right. And Obi-Wan lets out, um, you are my brother, Anakin. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. And what a, like a great scene, a great moment that these two characters are going to have. 
And just freaking Lucas did not bring it home for that. Like it was a missed opportunity. It was a missed moment that, you know, everything built in the trilogy could be based on. That's a, that's, that is a great scene. And that part of the scene and Ewan does deliver it. Well, I think he says, yeah, like you said, you were my brother. I loved you. You were supposed to bring balance to the force or something like that. And then, and then out of nowhere, Hayden just screams, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> like you're a child. Like I just, he, it just, every time there's any part of like glimmering hope, it's just ruined by shit dialogue. That is, that is the prequels right there. Anytime you think it's going to be like, hey, it's going to make it. And you're like, no, no, yeah. it's not. It's, okay. So again, you, in, you introduce general Grievous. They're in the okay. midst of a fight two minutes into the movie. Why, who's general Grievous? Fuck has general no. Grievous been? If you don't watch the animated show, you don't know who general Gre- general Grievous is. Not a clue. And so, like, if you, the conversations we had like leading up to it, when General Grievous like first came out, the whole concept was like, all right, well, this is like Darth Vader 1.0. So like, they didn't know how to use the technology to save somebody, but they tried it out on this thing and they used the technology from General Grievous to make Darth Vader. Like right. that's how it was presented. But you don't get that from the freaking movie. You get that from the back of the, uh, the card that the action figures are. Yeah. And if you don't. Like, why is General Grievous wheezing? Like, what's wrong with him? And you, if you don't watch the animated show, you don't know that he had an encounter with Mace Windu, and Mace Windu tries to crush him with the Force, essentially, like, crushes his, I don't know, pseudo-organs or whatever they are. Right, right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But you don't, again, the casual person, like, my wife has no idea what the fuck is going on. No, it's like, why does this guy have four arms? And she's like, like, I don't have an answer for it. Why is he crab walking? Like, who is this? <laughs> it's just bad man and there was a rumor i don't know if it's true that spielberg actually directed the obi-wan general grievous fight did you ever hear that no that fight's fine too. Uh, there are scenes in revenge of the sith that are fine it's just they're over the top with effects and yeah. like if they did a lot more practical in that movie i think that movie holds up a bit better yeah yeah and that was and that was the whole precipice leading to force awakens right um, but I, not to plug a different show, but there is a, um, a group of guys out of Wisconsin, um, called Red Letter Media, and they did, uh, reviews of the prequel trilogy. Okay. And they are amazing. They're about an hour and change a piece. They like really nitpick every single thing. And the things that they say are absolutely brilliant. Um, they do it in the scope of like a drunken homeless person so you have to like get through all that shit first but everything that they say is brilliantly done so if you're really kind of into like nitpicking what the uh, prequel trilogy is about you got to check those guys out i'll check it out i think you might have sent those to me too i i try every i try to be an advocate for these guys but like nobody listens to them i'll check it out i'll check it out um so then we go into again what is apparently called the sequel trilogy which i had no idea obviously the the all-encompassing like nine films they refer to as the skywalker series right yep um which I find, I don't know. I find a little odd because the th- the who are they referring to in the last three? Obviously, just who who's the Skywalker? Because Luke is, by all accounts, they're not his films. Are it's, they referring to 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 uh, Kylo? I, I get because Kylo technically is a Skywalker, but you got Leia in there. No, but he's technically um, not a Skywalker. That's the problem. Like he, right, Skywalker, right. like he's he's a Solo. Right. <laughs> That's the problem. And you you have Luke kind of in the back. I guess anything that Luke is potentially involved in, or Darth Vader was a driving force in, or the 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 grand story of the Skywalker family is really the the chapters of the movies. Yeah. Um, which they're probably going to regret saying when they uh, wrap up uh, episode nine and be like, all right, what are we going to do now, everybody? Yeah. Well, we're going to, we have, I'm going to talk about it. We're going to talk about that in a, in a minute. Yeah. Okay. So after 2005, that's when Revenge of the Sith 
came out. That's where my yeah. my my kind of love for Star Wars starts to fade a little bit. Um, you have three really lackluster movies. In the moment you see them, you're so deprived for Star Wars, you're pumped. Yeah. Okay. And then you start to like watch them more. You know, obviously that's when 99 is when DVDs started coming out. You know, your home media system started being much better. Yeah. So you could really enjoy something at home. Um, <clears throat> they're just not good. No. And then you try to convince yourself that they're good. And right. at the end of the day, they're not good. <clears throat> right. And then at some point during that time, uh, 2001, Potter, the first Potter comes out, which is obviously is my favorite series of any movies. I know that might be blasphemy for some people. Uh, I have not seen a Harry Potter movie beyond Sorcerer's Stone, which is the which is the worst of all of them. So shame, <laughs> shame on you. Shame on me. Now, granted, if if we're only going to look at New Hope, Empire Strikes, the original trilogy, those are far superior to Potter. Um, but overall, all encompassing Potter is far superior to Star Wars because you have these awful movies in the middle. So I think my fandom starts to get pulled towards Harry Potter. The source material, the, the books are, are fantastic. The Potter books are all fantastic. Um, so my, my fandom is starting to pull that way. And I'm starting to resent a little bit of star Wars. Cause you're getting newer fans who are saying how good the prequels are. And it's just like, I don't want to be associated with these people. And that's the travesty of working in public education because I'm dealing with that generation on a daily basis. Well, kids, yeah, and kids are the worst. Like, oh, and they're just like, wasn't episode two so good? And it's just like, uh, you're like, it's actually not. <laughs> right. It's you're dealing with the SpongeBob generation versus the Bugs Bunny generation, right. and you know, it's it, there's there's a missing part. Right. <laughs> that's a perfect analogy. <laughs> um, okay, so 2015 comes. Yep. Force Awakens. Okay. At that point, Disney has already, you know, Disney three years prior had purchased um, Star Wars. I don't know if these were already in the works prior to purchasing Disney purchasing Lucasfilm. I have no idea. Do you? From what I understand, they were negotiating it. And part of the negotiations were that they were immediately going to release a Star Wars movie. Um, So as they were kind of doing it, I don't think it was part of the deal, but I knew in the background it was happening. Okay. And when that happened, I remember the whole fan base was just like, what? Wait, this is happening? Like, what is, why? Like, who cares? Yeah, because by all accounts, Star Wars was, at that point, the films were dead. Like, nobody ever thought there were going to be any more films. I know I no, never thought we were, they were. We were done. And yeah. I certainly never thought they were going to do one with the original cast. No, yeah, that wasn't. Oh, but you know what? Now that we're talking about it, um, again, this is kind of the cool behind the scenes stuff um, that I've got to do. Uh, with going to the conventions and and working on the send-in stuff. and All right, because nobody knows who I am or what I do. Um, (laughs) They just know your your vice principal, Leonard. That's right. Besides being an assistant principal. (laughs) um, What I do is I, um, on some of these conventions and a lot of the celebrations, I work with uh, official picks who does the, uh, the various autograph stuff for Star Wars and they used to handle the send-in stuff for all the celebrations. Right. So official um, picks used to be the the licensed provider of Star Wars autographs, photos, things of that nature. They're not anymore right. what they used to be. No. Go ahead. Yeah, Tops is now. Yeah. But they still exist and they still go to conventions and have a lot of cool moments with them. But one of the neat things that we were able to do was to, you know, during celebrations, we would pull the actors, you know, behind the little black curtains, um, have them sign like 100 to 200 things. And it would just be, you know, let's say it's Mark Hamill and like two or three of us. And it was these great moments that because these guys are just, they just want to kind of get through it, but sometimes they do get bored and conversation happens. We got to hear all this great stuff. 
And um, we were working with Mark Hamill one day. And his wife, Mary Lou, hated when we spoke to him because he got very easily distracted. <laughs> so we would obviously just talk to him nonstop. And one <laughs> of the things was, um, I think they were talking about it or they were just getting into it. I don't remember which celebration we were in, um, but it was coming. And he, we were like, hey, you know, did you know this was coming? And he said, well, we had a uh, meeting between uh, George Lucas, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill that they had like a lunch meeting. Right. And there was conversation that something was going to happen. And, um, you know, would they be interested in actually doing it? And I guess that was right before the merger actually happened. So I guess they sent George out there just kind of get a feel for those two, whether or not they wanted to do it. And then they went forward and doing it. So and by all accounts, neither one of them are doing anything. Right. No. I mean, I obviously Mark Campbell still does a number of like he does voice work. Um, yeah. And I would argue he's the best Joker. Yep. Uh, but not dollars an autograph joker <laughs> what's that about three hundred dollars an autograph no. he's not that good no um but i don't think that anybody i mean carrie fisher's not doing anything mark hamill's really not doing anything yeah. oh at the time yeah 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 um so that's interesting because i've always wondered that if they kind of had like a side deal or if, if they knew that these were going to come out before disney purchased them all right so it- I, I think that the, the two of them, if they were smart, and I imagine if they weren't, their, their people were, that if they didn't sign on, you know, it would be a lot harder to do that movie. So if they went into it, it'd be like, all right, we're going to try to do a new um, trilogy, and part of it is based on the original trilogy, and we want you guys to be a part of it. I'm sure they both didn't jump up and be like, yes, we're all in. It's like, no, you're going to spend a significant amount of money. Um, because you're not going to be able to do it without us. Right. Exactly. I hope that's what actually happened in the background. Yeah. Okay. 2015 Force, Awaken, Force Awakens comes out. Um, and good movie. Happy with the movie. You are happy with the movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm in. I'm. I enjoyed it. I'm a bit indifferent to it. Revisionist history. I don't like it now. <laughs> and the, oh, reason, really? well, the, well, the reason I don't like it now is because of Last Jedi. So when we start talking about Last Jedi, I'll explain that. Um, the star- For me, at this point, when Force Awakens is coming out, Disney has purchased it. It's a conglomerate. It's just a machine at this point. This is yeah. when my, my true kind of disdain for Star Wars starts to happen because I start to see all of these fans that are coming out of the woodworks. Um, uh, with autographing, you start to see all of these people who don't really care about Star Wars. They just know that they're going to be able to make money off of it. Yeah. It just starts to turn. And, and you can see it in the, in the actors, you know, you can see it in Daisy Ridley and John Boyega, like they don't like Star Wars fans. And, yeah, and, and you, know what, you and, have an interesting view on all that because you can say like, see all that stuff live. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, 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 you can see, you can tell they don't like fans. You, they just don't, they're overwhelmed by it. Fans are awful to them. A perfect example is what's, uh, what's her name? Kelly Tran. Yeah, and yeah. how they essentially bullied her. Star Wars fans who were supposed to love this stuff bullied her to the point where, like, she left all social media because they disliked her character so much in Last Jedi. Like, it is it's a fucking a... character, man. <laughs> you don't want to like get into like the, the the type of people that Star Wars people are, but you know, if we're going to get into it a little bit, yeah. you see them at the kind of conventions, and I go to conventions. I'm not shitting on conventions. I do too. But the 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 bulk of like the fan base, the the vocal bulk of the fan base, anyway, um, are these guys who are, you hate to use the word sociopaths, but they kind of are. 
and they they don't quite know how to like mesh with the, the the rest of the community and they really don't have a sense of what is appropriate or not appropriate when they're speaking it is just you would be shocked by people who might have been picked on uh, growing up how obnoxious they are very uh, to me as a whole star wars fans as a full fandom or a community are a vile group of people yeah they are and it's awful it's, and we, it, i, I hate have it. Of star wars uh fans that are good friends of mine and they are wonderful agreed, um, agreed. I, is a good percentage and you know if you really want to see it live um and as 501st does some great stuff they do some great charity work and they raise a lot of money and 501st is amazing but when you kind of sit down with those people like fan to fan and like have questions for them or just kind of want to get nerdy with them or whatever it happens to be, those guys are dicks. But why do you – OK, so why do you think say 501st or just the entire fandom, why do you think it's like that? Is it because this is the first thing that they feel like they're a part of so they are are just it's so there, I think they there's defended to, to the ends? Like why? Because they, They're, by all means, like or by all accounts, they actually don't like Star Wars. They don't. It's an assumed ownership of of a franchise, and because it's not going in the direction they want them to go in, or you may not know this about that, um, they just they dismiss you, and it's ridiculous. It's like guys, we're and, and even if you kind of fine tune it a little bit, and you and I know people in the autograph hobby that are like this as well. It's just like, guys, we are a small niche of like people who share common interests. Right. Why can't we get along? Like, it seems, you know, that you and I, since we have common, you know, thoughts and we're spending our money on the same things and we have our passions about things, we should be getting along great with this stuff. But instead, these debates happen that are just ridiculous. And then people kind of blow stuff up and we get into fights and it's obnoxious. Well, again, all of... So anybody I've ever met for the most part in the, when, when I was collecting merchandise or when I've collected autographs, it's all a competition. So I think that yeah. stems for stems from where like you just don't end up liking each other. Um, I've had a number of people who will just get upset because I have something they don't have or something like that. It's just, it's stupid stuff like that. And they right. will, that ruins friendships. I mean, you and I have never had to deal with that. I mean, by all accounts, like you and I look out for each other and when we have yeah. conversations and our conversations don't, we meant from Star Wars, but our conversations don't include Star Wars, really, ev- ever. It, <laughs> no, that's how it should be. Like, we meet because of this, and every once in a while we talk about it because we kind of know all the stuff inside. Mm-hmm. But it's meant to build relationships, but it, for some very sad reason. And sometimes I like to think it's just kind of like the maybe the groups that I'm in or maybe just this little corner of the universe. Yeah. Maybe it's just I'm like cursed with it. But it's people are obnoxious to each other, and it's it, and it's awful. It is awful. But again, you do meet those people who are amazing. Yeah, and agreed. Those are the people that keep you hanging on. Agreed. Okay, so let's go. Let's. This is probably going to where, where we're going to spend the most time, or maybe not. The Last Jedi. <laughs> uh-huh. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Well, I mean, you teed it up already. Okay. So if you want to lay it out, then I will. Uh, I'll pick up the pieces. I hate Last Jedi. I I hate I hated Last Jedi from the second I saw it. Um, so when Last Jedi was coming out, okay, I'm not a massive fan of of Force Awakens. I thought it was fine. I thought, by all accounts, it, it pulls a lot of source material or a lot of the storyline from uh, orig- from the original trilogy, from all three movies. Yep. I think that we were all so starved for a good Star Wars movie that that comes out and you're like, wow, this is so much better than the prequels. It's now the best Star Wars movie ever. 
anybody who says that <laughs> Force Awakens is better than Empire or A New Hope. Oh, they're insane. Yeah, that, we can agree on that okay. one. Those people are lunatics. I can't. I can't. I can't. Um, so obviously between Last Jedi, I, I should have mentioned this, between Force Awakens and Last Jedi, Rogue One came out. But that's not part of this trilogy. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Uh, so we, my wife and I go, we went on vacation to Disney World. And one of the things we went to do was go to the new part of the Harry Potter land in Universal. So we had been to Hogsmeade, but we had never been to Diagon Alley. So we go halfway through though, we, we literally went opening weekend of, of Star Wars. So I didn't get to see it. And uh, we're, we're on vacation. I'm like, hey, let's just take a break from walking around. Let's go see Last Jedi. So we go in. I'm excited, you know, because again, it's it's still as much as I dislike Star Wars at this point, or I have a kind of a visceral reaction to it. It's still Star Wars. Like it's still near and dear to my heart. So I'm, I sit down and as soon as Ray gives Luke the lightsaber yeah. and he looks at it and he tosses it over his shoulder Yep. Audibly, I looked at my wife. There's probably 50 people in the theater. I looked at her and I just said, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and from there, man, it was yeah. just all downhill from yep. there. So in my opinion, everything, and this is going to go back to my earlier point, everything that happens in Last Jedi wipes away anything that happened in Force Awakens. In, in my opinion, the story of Force Awakens is Ray. it's Ray's journey to find Luke, right? Right. Yep. Her purpose. Her, her purpose. Her, her meaning. Yep. So as soon, as soon as, you know, the, the big climax at the end is she meets Luke and she hands, she, she pulls out his lightsaber and Luke has this, yep. you know, Mark Hamill did a great job of this, this look on his face. And as soon as it picks up and he takes that lightsaber and throws it all over his shoulder, it wipes out anything that happened in the first one, any care I have any Han Solo dying, her journey, everything is done because Luke doesn't care about that lightsaber. So everything that happened in the first one, all the, the death, her journey, you know, losing what was a, a, essentially like a father figure to her, everything is all wiped out by that one act. I absolutely agree. So that's why Force Awakens, I just, I don't care for it anymore because it doesn't all, it has no consequences. Everything that happened in it didn't, didn't mean anything. It's all right. So <clears throat> here's my rebut on that one scene. Anyway, um, they they spend a lot of time in Force Awakens talking about Luke is we can't find Luke. Luke put himself in exile. Um, he kind of went off. We don't know where he is. There's little bits and pieces, but you know we believe Luke can save us. Uh, but we have to find Luke. Right. And if you kind of get into the meat of that a little bit, I mean, he's the MacGuffin of the movie. And it's, it's an important kind of part of this whole thing. And there's really, what else do you do when you finally find Luke Skywalker? And this goes back to like, all right, well, Force Awakens came out and the biggest criticism about Force Awakens was that it was predictable and it, you know, took a lot of notes from the original trilogy and it was, it was fan service and it was all that stuff. And it was right. And the critique was, we wanted something new. We want something, you know, interesting and something a little bit more dynamic. You know, what do you got? So they find this, for lack of a better word, um, independent filmmaker. And he wasn't an independent filmmaker, but he had a couple of movies under his belt. Came up and he looked at Luke Skywalker and he said, all right, well, this guy is in exile. So let's look at his motivation. What, you know, he put himself there. Why would he put himself there? And then if the call to arms finally happened, how does that character handle it? And a character that put himself in exile, there is no other solution 
other than, no, I'm not helping you. Like, I put myself here for a purpose. I feel I'm doing more damage. I belong here. So you may want me to come and, you know, save the world, but it ain't going to happen. So they couldn't have explained that better than a slapstick Saturday Night Live sketch of him taking the lightsaber and throwing it over his shoulder. And I agree with you. The scene was stupid and, and, because and it, it was so good at the end of Force Awakens. It was just so terribly executed in this. And if I'm not mistaken, because I've only watched the film once, I refuse to watch it again. After he throws it, it's a cut to another scene, right? There's no uh, uh, you know, Daisy or or there might be a little bit of a, a, an extended scene from there. But but Ray no, doesn't speak to him about it, doesn't say, what are you doing? Am I wrong? Did I miss yeah, she, it, it? Like he tosses the lightsaber. He heads down into his little like stone huts in Ireland. Um, she kind of <laughs> sits there with like a moment of like, what the fuck just happened? Right. And um, and then we go to like the little kind of like penguin looking things like trying to oh, kill each other God. with the lightsaber. So, and again, every movie needs that little point. So you got to have to like let him have that little moment. But does it? It's no, it doesn't need it, but it's there anyway. They turned it into, like I said, a Saturday Night Live skit. Everything from Poe calling uh, General Hux. It, like it's that, just, dude, it's, 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 there was an enormous amount of like nervous laughter in the theater on that one. It's so, you know, once he rolls up is like, Hey, we'll wait and blah, blah, blah. And everything that came along with it, but it was ridiculous. But as far as how he, the, the concept is there for Luke's reaction, the execution may not have been fantastic. Um, so I, I can't back him up on that one. Uh, it's, it is what, what you to do. And the kind of the joy of the movie is there is that is there... Luke? There's a couple of joys. <laughs> <laughs> is that he never loses that conviction? So even though you know the movie's driving on and, and there's an opportunity to call to arms and he's here to help and there's you know he's the guy that can do it, um, he doesn't do it. He doesn't kind of give up on it. But it he, doesn't he come off his of conviction. It doesn't come off his conviction. He kind of comes off as a dick. Um, kind of. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> But he's he's a guy who's disenchanted, you know. He's a guy who doesn't believe in it anymore. But that's not Luke. But it's it's this is the new generation of Luke. So if we got come on Luke Skywalker like episode six and a half, and like Luke is just trying to figure stuff out, um, you know, maybe we get that guy. Maybe they're like, yes, let's go. I'm going to train you. I'll be your Yoda, and you know, right, everything me, that you've seen before, we're going to do it. Let me let me stop you. Hold on, hold on. Like, yeah. <laughs> so am I led to believe? That finding out that Obi-Wan lied to him, that Darth Vader, the greatest villain in in the galaxy, is his father, didn't drive him to this. But because he was training his nephew, who did or didn't burn down the, the temple and kill some people. They're never clear on that. Yeah, he's shitting nephew. Right, which, which forced him to either try or di- either did or did not try to murder his nephew. That drove him to this this solace or 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 this exile, right? But finding out that literally his father is the worst person in the galaxy didn't. I'm not. No, I just don't buy it. You got to roll with that punch a little. I bit. don't buy it, man. But it's a it's a, it's a maturity thing too. It's you know as this guy gets older and more stoic and kind of looking at his his piece in this entire thing. You know, is he making the universe a better place or is he you know presenting them with the next villain? So he, it's, so he uh, was willing to kill. Again, you, they're not clear on this. He was willing to kill Kylo for burning down the the temple or killing a bunch yeah, of people. Correct. Even on his, because that was the other kind of cool thing in the movie. You get three different versions 
of that scene, mm. you know, various, but the, at the end of the day, he was there to kill his nephew because his nephew was a lunatic. Okay. But now his nephew now killed his father, Luke's best friend. And that still doesn't get you to, I, I don't know. I just have so many, I just, have, it's, I just, I, I, it's, a, it's, it's a more, and it goes back to, if you would get kind of like more into the complicated plot, it goes back to the other kind of big disappointing thing, and I'm, not, I'm not selling the movie on this, which is kind of Ray's history and what is Ray's deal. Yeah. And, you know, the big moment that it was supposed to be like, all right, well, she's here and she's going to figure out what her purpose is and who yeah. her family yeah. is. And, and then it just ends up being nothing. But that is a greater narrative. So there's these kind of like shining moments of Last Jedi. This is one of them that anybody could be a Jedi. But anybody th- has that, you know, potential. But that's not how they're going to play this. No, because JJ's got it back again, and JJ's going to kind of bring it around, and it's going to be like Obi Wan's niece or something. Yeah, and so that this then so that leads me into Episode Nine, which is untitled, right? I think, or did they come out with a title yet? No, yeah, not that I know of. Um, I got zero interest because it's not going to be a cohesive trilogy. JJ it, is going to take everything because, by all accounts, fans hated this movie. Yes, without a doubt. So I don't understand what he's going to be able to do because his move, his you know, Force Awakens was loved, beloved by fans and critics. Which yeah. I mean, I don't really care what the critics say about Star Wars. Like it's just not, you know, not, it doesn't lend itself to critics. Obviously, I don't. It's not going to be a cohesive trilogy because now JJ is going to try to correct all of these things that he set into motion with Force Awakens, and then Ryan Johnson, by all accounts, shit on everything. And now and that's. That's how they rolled it out, though. That's the problem. Is it goes back to the original trilogy and what uh, Lucas did with it. Right. It's did he really have a plan? And with this new trilogy, I was kind of, or maybe we were all um, stupefied by the thought that they didn't have it all laid out already. Like, why no. wouldn't it be all laid out? Especially with, if you're hitting us with like mysteries in the beginning of this. We know this is the first part of a three part series. Why wouldn't you guys know the entire story? And why give Ryan Johnson an opportunity to screw it up? I agree. If he did that. And yeah. not only screw it up. Okay. So there's also some theory or some thought that he is so deep in Star Wars mythology that he's on hitting on some things that none of us can understand. I mean, and that's fair enough. I think that goes back to the motivation of Luke Skywalker, but that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. But it's uh, you can't make it, these films just for Star Wars fans. Like you, they have to appeal to other people besides Star Wars fans. But do they? What like what redeeming quality? If we're going to go back to what we said before, and Empire Strikes Back is the um, the best movie out of the trilogy. Right. Was Empire made for a greater fan base, or was Empire made for a greater audience? And that's that's a good we we you and I actually can't give an answer to that because we are too invested. I think in it. I think so. I think. The idea of Empire Strikes Back or the overall story of Empire Strikes Back lends itself to other genres. You could take that story and put it into another genre and it works. Now, granted, it's a space western or however you want to you know, classify this. But you right. could take the overall story, story, good versus evil, evil supposedly wins at the end. Like you can take that and, and it lends itself to, to any number of different genres. But it's it's an interesting thought of, you know, would you and I be having the same conversation about Empire, you know, 40 years ago um, before Return of the Jedi came out? You know, did Return of the Jedi do enough of a job to really focus Empire Strikes Back enough to so we get what's happening? And will Episode Nine do that for, you know, Last Jedi? And that's the hope anyway. That's, a, that's an interesting thought. I think that 
a new hope and empire strikes back strikes back is much more of a cohesive uh back-to-back film or a sequel than mm-hmm. than force awakens or last jedi yeah fair enough and even though the, the the time span is very you know force awakens last jedi it happens immediately after right um a new hope versus empire you get a little bit of space in there these characters mature a little bit and they give them some room to uh, to maneuver, right? But, but you really don't get that in Last Jedi. But their motivation still is the same, essentially. Oh yeah, you know, Luke is is searching for his father or his purpose or yeah. his reasoning, and you know, we have this greater kind of political thing happening in the background. Yeah, and then Han is still, you know, he's trying to be the good guy, but at the end of the day, you know, he's a, he's a smuggler, he's a scoundrel, and he goes he when when times get hard, he he reverts back to how he was, you know. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, the characters of Last Jedi, you know, to its credit, are relatively consistent with where they were in Force Awakens. So it's, you know, um, Poe Dameron is Poe Dameron through the series. Yeah, so far, yes. Yeah. But again, that, that storyline also has a number of issues, and we don't, we don't need to get into that. But the motivation <laughs> of what Laura Dern, I can't remember her character's name, what her motivation is, is that that has a lot of plot holes as well. Yeah, that whole thing with the you know it was it felt like an episode of Battlestar Galactica. They were just trying to get away, but they're just far enough. Yeah, okay. It, and I can't defend that one because that one was just it, it does make you scratch your head of like what the hell is happening. And then the resolve of Last Jedi is a little confusing. A little. As, <laughs> <laughs> so is the entire rebellion just sitting in the Millennium Falcon right now? Is that kind of where we're at? Yeah. And is Luke dead or alive? And why could nobody else uh, force project themselves? So you're telling uh, me nobody else in the history of of Jedi's knew how to force project themselves? Well, did you hear that thing that Mark Hamill said about that I, and why I, Luke Skywalker is dead? I I'm kind of think Mark Hamill's a prick. So I don't really, I don't, he's kind of a, an airbag to me, a hot airbag. So I don't really listen to much he says, to be honest with you. So no. He went into this whole diatribe of how he compares Luke Skywalker in Last Jedi to a, um, a recovering drug addict hmm. who has gone back to the drug hmm. and then has overdosed on the drug. And that's why he died. That's ridiculous. And it's ridiculous. And, it, and again, it goes back to like, guys, you don't understand the characters. Like, just, you know, just play the character and we'll kind of move on with our lives. But it's... So, so why did that never happen to Obi-Wan? Why, why did Obi-Wan never force... Project? Well, why, why, no, but why did Obi-Wan never uh, uh, OD on the force, so to speak? By all accounts, when he's living in Tatooine, he's not using the force. And somehow when he fights with Vader at the end of A New Hope, it's the worst sword lightsaber fight in the history of anything. So why is he not all jacked up on, on fucking black tar force? You know, like, why is he not shooting like, why is he not shooting like eight balls of force, you know, and then just, just, I don't know, doing flips and whatnot over Vader. He is force projectioning his alive self across the galaxy to the salt world. Whatever. And you know, that's exhausting. And why, why? Why is John Boyega not dead? Not, not, excuse me. Not, I don't want John Boyega himself to die. Not dead in these movies. He has no point to be in, in, in the movies anymore. Like his character. And I'll back you up on this, that it was a moment that he could have had that they would have just given him a, a, um, a notable and respectful death. Yeah. And then they threw this whole other thing into it, and that was stupid. It's dumb. And I agree with you. Is yeah, he gonna, that was dumb. Is he going to, at the end of every movie, going to be in the bathtub tank? Like, what's the deal? <laughs> He's the poor guy. always suffering. Yeah, whatever. But it's it, it's you're right because there's no purpose 
for him to and again, no offense to Finn or the fans of Finn, but he was meant to be um, an important character in Force Awakens. He was meant to be the fans. This is my theory on on uh, Finn in Force Awakens. Okay, Finn is everything we wanted to do when we were a kid. Finn was a stormtrooper. Finn got to fly in the Millennium Falcon. He got to shoot the gun in the Millennium Falcon. Finn got to fly around in a TIE fighter. Finn got to use a lightsaber. Finn got to meet Han Solo. It's like everything that we've always wanted, we were being projected into Finn. But now the character has kind of lost a little bit of its luster. And that whole storyline, and again, I'm shitting on Last Jedi and I don't mean to, but it really is dumb. That storyline that he and um, whatever the heck her name is. What is the name? Rose, isn't it? Oh, Rose. The storyline of him and Rose through, you know, (laughs) meeting up with Benicio Del Toro and like, there's no purpose to it. It doesn't drive the story. Um, It doesn't help or take anything away from it in the long run. If they would have just stayed where they were for the length of the movie, nothing would be different. Other than those two characters kind of coming together and apparently having some sort of love affection for each other that nobody knew until that actual scene that something's blowing up and they're kissing each other. Yeah. Uh, but uh, is there is there ever been in the history of cinema a more a character that that you're more let down by than Captain Phasma? Oh, that is the Boba Fett disease without even like the cool projection along with it. <laughs> there is no reason for Captain Phasma other than like in that original trailer. We're like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. And it's like, oh, now it's kind of whiny and kind of like buckles under stress. And yeah, get wow, it's for purpose. It's a clear, like, just for merchandising. Yeah, that was a... I'll, I'll back you up on that one, too. Okay. So, I think we both know where I stand on episode nine. I'm not pumped. I know you're pumped. Um, I'm, I'm not pumped. Pumps are, pumps are weird word. <laughs> I am interested for the conclusion. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see it. I'll be the first one to see the trailer. I, you know, I'll go opening night. I'll, I'll do the whole bit. But I got to tell you... Um, well, we haven't talked about, and I mean, we're talking for a while too, so this might be an episode two for us, <laughs> is um, the Solo movie uh, and how disappointing the Solo movie was to me. And that's a whole other okay. part of this. Well, real quick, um, I don't I don't think I'll see episode nine. I say that now, mark the date. Yeah. I don't know that I'm going to go see episode nine. Uh, You're going to see it. We'll see. I believe that. We'll see. Um, so let's real, let's real quick talk about Rogue One and Solo. So those are both independent from the trilogy. Um, I very, very much like Rogue One. Yeah. Um, I very, very much am eh about Solo. <laughs> I don't, I don't think Solo is terrible. I certainly no. don't think it's good and it definitely doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie. I don't know what the hell it is. It is just something that exists in the ether yeah. and it's just, I don't know what it is. It's, it's not Phil. It has okay performances. Um, I was all high on on Donald Glover. I'm a big Donald Glover fan. I thought he was fine. He's almost playing just like a caricature of uh, of Lando. Yeah. Um, I thought it, the real real winner of that movie is Chewbacca. Chewbacca, it's Chewbacca's movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I'm I am 100 certain that Amelia Clark is not a good actress if she's not playing you know Daenerys. And she's not even great at Daenerys lately. No. <laughs> No, I have also not had a bigger turn on a character from like, love that character to like, I don't like that character more than, than Khaleesi. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, that was a movie that had everything going for it. Did it? 
it really like going into it, it was we're gonna do a Han Solo movie, everybody. Right. And then everyone said, like, why? <laughs> exactly. It's the classic. It. It's a classic case of the fandom killed that movie before it came out. That movie had oh, yeah. zero chance to be successful. And that that movie was fan service as well. And Rogue One was fan service too. Rogue One was executed better. Rogue One is a good movie. The thing that kills me is like Ron Howard is a good filmmaker. Is he? He is. Like if you look Apollo 13 and and Backdraft and, you know, name another Ron Howard movie. I don't know what it is. But it's... (laughs) Da Da Vinci Code. Oh, well, yeah. Once you start getting into those, it's getting a little hazy. (laughs) Green Mile. He didn't do Green Mile. Oh, shit, he didn't do Green Mile. Scratch that. <laughs> but he did one of those kind of Green Mile-esque, yeah. whatever the hell. Ron Howard, you do great movies. I just can't think of any right now. Um, but And and Paul Bettany, uh, and um, who I like. And like you said, Woody um, Harrelson Donald playing Water. Woody Harrelson playing Woody Harrelson. And Woody Harrelson playing Woody Harrelson. You know, I'm a fan of Cheers. I'll take Woody Harrelson. I'm fine with Woody Harrelson, but he's just whatever. And it's but it just didn't i have i saw it in the theater we didn't go opening night which was a, a new one for me um i brought my kids and they were like oh all right it's a movie okay um and then you know i only saw it once which is another rarity i always kind of go see those star wars movies a couple of times in the theater just to get the experience yeah um and then it came out on dvd and that day came and went and i never bought it i don't own it yeah i don't own it either and I came across it on sale, and I was I felt obligated because I'm a Star Wars fan to support the cause. So I bought it. I threw it on, and it was like shit. Within like 15, 20 minutes, I'm just like I'm really just not into this movie. Yeah. I have a very good friend who's as you know big of a Star Wars guy as I am, and he can't sit through the movie without falling asleep. Yeah, I can see that. I can understand that. And it's you know Donald Glover, you know <laughs> God bless him. But does an awful job as, you know, he doesn't play Lando. He plays Billy D. Williams. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And that whole concept that he's in love with this robot, uh, I don't know where the hell that's coming from. Yeah, I don't like that either. Uh, um, but it's Chewbacca's movie. The, the one kind of saving grace out of it is, you know, Chewbacca gets his moment to, uh, to be the big star. Yeah. All right. Ugh. So you, <laughs> ugh, ugh, is right. Ugh. All right, so how how locked in are you or how in, excited are you for any of the standalone films that they've announced or that are rumored? So we'll go over them real quick. So you have the Bubba Fett standalone movie, the Jabba the Hutt standalone movie, a Yoda standalone movie, Obi-Wan Kenobi standalone movie. Those are rumored or have been announced then canceled because of how, how poorly Solo did. Yeah. And then it's, would you be interested in any of those? No, it's it because <laughs> no, I just like obnoxiously like no. How dare you ask me? It's again. It's you can't even yell at George. You got to yell at everybody else. It's like guys. It's like these characters are so good because we don't know their backstory yep. and we don't need to know their backstory. Why in the world do I want to watch a Job of the Hut movie? There's no reason to have one. None. And I I feel like I know I love Ewan. And I, I think he did a great job for what he was given with Obi-Wan. I, I think I know everything about Obi-Wan I need to know. Yeah, anything that happens in kind of the in-between stuff, like make it a comic book or make it a book and like yeah. you, and let it die. By all accounts, he was, no all accounts, he was just hanging out in Tatooine. I mean, they refer to him as a, as a what, what do they refer to him as? I don't even remember. As a hermit. As a hermit. Thank you. As a hermit. So and, like, why? I'm good. 
Like I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Let him be miserable and old, you know, just aging and, you know, being deprived of water on a desert planet. And that's cool. Like that's good enough for me. But we literally in the film, see him at every stage of his life. Yeah. But I think I, part of it is there's a nostalgia for you and McGregor as the role because he just didn't get a good crack at it. But he, but everybody, I've never heard anybody say that as much as maybe some people don't like that trilogy, everybody still says they enjoyed Ewan as Obi-Wan and that it was pretty much perfect casting. Yeah, with him, it was perfect casting. Yeah. That's the only one they got right. Yep. And and Ian McDermott, because who else would you get yeah, for that? And I, I don't have a, I mean, I know we didn't talk about it. I don't really have a problem with Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon. Like, he was fine. He was not given much, but he, I mean, it was fine. I guess. He, and, and that's the bummer about it. It's like you get Liam Neeson to be a big role um, and he's like, fine. And luckily <laughs> he made up for it in Batman Begins because he was great in Batman Begins as Ra's al Ghul. He is. All right. So that kind of, that helped him out a little bit. But yeah, we don't need a Yoda movie. We don't need a freaking Boba Fett movie. No. We don't need a Boba Fett series. Like we're good, oh, everybody. Like, and yet, come up with something else. And yet we're getting, maybe not a Boba Fett series, but we're getting the Mandalorian series. Right. But okay, so then you have an I guess I knew about these and somehow they just don't register in my life. We're getting another trilogy from Ryan Johnson. Yeah. I, and I don't, the last I heard on that one, that one's not happening. Really? But I did hear that same thing. Yeah. I, when they first did, when episode uh, eight first came out, they were like, he is so good. We're going to give him his own trilogy. And in the backlash of everything that is the last Jedi, I heard he was not getting that. Okay. Cause trilogy. I've still seen that he is like, it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Yeah. And cool. then you, yeah, is it? And then you have a trilogy from the writers of Game of Thrones, which again, I don't. Oh, what? I, they, they've that's that's official that that they have a trilogy, and none, <laughs> neither Ryan Johnson or Game of Thrones writers trilogies focus around the Skywalkers, which is fine. But why do I need uh, yeah. six more Star Wars movies? It's. I, I think what they're looking at is again, if I'm to play the guy in the executive room, is they're like, all right, how we're going to get, you know, how where's our longevity coming from? But they've made their money based on how much they paid for it. And I'm not the guy who's like, hey, don't right. make any more money. But they have TV shows coming out. They have the the theme park, the the Star Wars land, which I can't imagine how much money. <laughs> that's gonna make for them okay and the star wars hotel don't forget about the star wars hotel star wars hotel so what the fuck do i need six more star wars movies like what else are we gonna do we're just gonna sit home and be geeky it's like how much merchandise can we still buy man i get it i get it but and then you also we haven't even talked about they're having a mandalorian series which is official right already started production and they've announced John Favreau. Right. John Favreau is going to do like one of the episodes, I think. And then, or I don't know how, how involved he is, but I know there's, they've locked up a bunch of different directors. Yep. So they announced who's going to be in it. Pedro Pascal is the lead, right? I don't know if you saw oh. that. No, that's a new one for me. Yeah. Who the heck is Pedro Pascal? Uh, played the Red Viper in Game of Thrones. Oh, gotcha. Okay. He's the lead. And then Gina Carana, who is the ex MMA fighter. And then she was in, um, Haywire with you and McGregor. Like she's been in stuff. She's going to be one of the stars of it. Um, It's if you, if you take the mythos and you apply it to, if we're, if we're going to kind of go like game of Thrones or even better yet, let's do like, let's not do movies anymore. Let's do like a Netflix series and not like a Disney like plus series. Let's do a Netflix series on star Wars stuff. I think they're going to have more forgiveness and the more opportunity and, and a little bit better of a storyline because the world of Star Wars is a great world. 
Um, but the problem is people can't break away from it. So I believe, I believe the the Mandalorian series is going to be on ABC. Oh, cool. Okay. And then the spinoff. So you know they're doing another series that's going to be on their their Disney Plus app. That's a spinoff of Diego, Diego Luga's Luna Diego Luna character. Diego Luna. Yep. From Rogue One. Cassian, Cassian Andor. Which is fine. I guess I can. Yeah. I guess I, I'm not going to watch that though either. I'm be honest with you. I'm not going to subscribe <laughs> to Disney's. Because I'm, I'm right now. I'm, I'm on my anti <laughs> Disney streaming service. I don't need more Marvel shit. I don't. I know you and I differ on this too. I don't need more <laughs> Avengers stuff. Like I am good. <laughs> and you know they're not learning what Star Trek is learning from their CBS Plus package. Right. That if you throw it on CBS Plus, you're going to expect the Star Trek people to like just pay for it just for a goof. And like there's those guys aren't coming. No, but uh, by all indications, that show's supposed to be good. I don't know. Yeah, and and I've heard the same thing yeah. that it's amazing, but I'm sorry, I'm not going to pay ten bucks. Yeah, I pay enough for streaming stuff. I'm good. Right, right. So I have zero interest in either one of those, and it yeah. kind of sounds like you do as well, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Like I'll pay the extra bit for HBO because I already kind of have it. Yeah, but I'm not. It's CBS. Like, what other programming are you giving me besides this? But to be f- or Disney, what else are you giving yeah. me? To be fair, <laughs> HBO's IP is a little stronger. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're talking Game of Thrones. We're talking The Wire, Deadwood. Like, yeah. there's a, there's The Sopranos. It's slightly, I'm slightly more. Ironic. Yeah, slightly more I'm elevated. Um. So this is a question that I wanted to ask you as like a like a genuine lifelong Star Wars fan. Is is it. the Disney influence with Star Wars a good thing or a bad thing? Because you get more of what you love, right? Yep. But does that cause are you just burned out of Star Wars? Because that's where I'm at. We are, as a whole, burned out on Star Wars. Okay, and I and I agree with that. That's that's that is fact. Um, it's I think Disney did well by you know saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna move beyond you know what George did. We're gonna we're gonna try to do something different. We're gonna bring in new directors and new writers, and you know bring a little bit of the old and a little of the new. I mean, the the path that they laid out was a good path. You know, it's if I was in the room, I would be like, yeah, shit, yeah, let's do all this. Right. Um, but we are overly saturated, and you know, Rogue One is part of that. Um, and Solo is a part of that. Right. If they would have just given us the three movies, and I would have been happy with the three movies, I'm good having every three years, that's good for me, um, but you're throwing too much stuff at me. Yeah. And if I, part of the, the kind of mystique of Star Wars movies and why they're so big is that we have to wait between them, and they don't get that. Like the Marvel movies are the Marvel movies. The Marvel movies all are building to something else. So a Marvel movie a year, like I get it, guys. Like I'm with you 100%. Let's do that every couple months. We'll all meet up and great. But <laughs> Star Wars stuff should be like pumped out that quickly. Like give us some time to digest it so we're not drowning in it. Yeah. And beyond, it's not even like we're drowning in merchandising right now because kind of we're not. Not that I'm out there looking for it and you can always find Star Wars stuff. But if you look at that Star Wars section, it is not necessarily very big. It is we are drowning in Star Wars content, and they're just throwing everything at us and seeing what sticks. And that, in that sense, Disney is failing. But is it good content? Not in the again. Solo was a bad movie, as you know, and I know that's sacrilegious to say for a couple of the band, fan base, but it's just like it really wasn't a good movie. Rogue One was a good movie because you're moving in the right direction. Like, give us a little bit, give us the world. That's what they did. They gave us the Star Wars world that we loved, 
but they gave us new content. Sure, it kind of echoed back, but it's not like I don't need to see where the X-Wing came from. I don't need to meet the guy who designed – actually, I did. I met the guy who designed the Death Star. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's more than, than just like echoing our nostalgia. Like everything that we remember that was so amazing, let's just throw it in these movies and it'll be great. And that's what Solo was. Like every stupid thing about Han Solo, any anecdotal information, they just jammed into that movie. But you don't want to know how he got his last name? Like I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I forgot that when I saw it, but I watched the stupid DVD of it. It was just like, really, we're having this moment? He because he's Solo. How that's so. How did you forget that moment? It is. God. Oh God. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't talk about yeah. it. It's so bad. Those are those disappointing moments that you're just like, man, it didn't really happen. So I just kind of blocked it out. Yeah. I, I'm with yeah. you where I think that the Disney influence is not a good influence. Um, I can understand where now you have more access to, to what you love as a fan. I, yeah. I get that. Um, what I don't, I don't enjoy is that it's not an event anymore. It just happens. No, it's not. It's not, there's it, no, it's not special. My kids asked me, they're like, hey, which Star Wars com- movie is coming out next month? Yeah. And I'm like, nothing. And they're like, oh, but we always go in December. And it's like, you know what, kid? You're absolutely right. You don't know what it's like to wait anymore. Yeah. I-, I also don't like the fact that essentially Marvel and Disney or Marvel and-, and Star Wars has kind of ruined my Disney experience. Like going to Disneyland is now, yeah. you know, they're changing a lot of things. And again, this is me, you know, get off my lawn type type stuff. Right. But- it just is different now. It's it's Star Wars everywhere. It's Marvel everywhere. It's overly crowded now. They're taking out classic Disney things to put this in. And I get it. I understand why they're doing it. I just don't enjoy it. And because of that, like I don't renew my Disney pass. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, good for you. Yeah, no, I stopped. I, I mean, we'll, we go once a year now. We usually go for Halloween. We might start going at, at just once for Christmas. But we used to go all the time. But I just, I, I can't. I don't have a desire anymore. We are, we're drowning in it yeah. and it's, you, you, you can't be nostalgic about something that is slapping you in the face. No, there's no nostalgia anymore. Yeah. All right. And that was the driving force of it. All right. So I have one, I have one last question, unless you have anything else you want to talk about. Oh, <laughs> hit me with it. Where are you with the state of Star Wars right now? As a fan, where are you? Are you, I know I, 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 this is kind of like the last question I asked, but this yeah. is more encompassing. Like, collecting wise um how it affects your life you know do you still watch it you know you you mentioned your kids still enjoy it or do enjoy it you know i know you probably force your wife to watch it like i do (laughs) (laughs) my wife my beautiful wonderful very patient wife yeah yeah, god um the god lover because she really she just lets me have my thing and she doesn't you know she she comes along with me to the movies. She falls asleep in the middle of it, like <laughs> that. She just pats me on the head and go be a Star Wars fan, right. knock yourself out, and then just I don't mention how much everything costs because I learned that one a long ago. Yeah, no, stop that because she might listen. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's um, all free. I've made trades. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's where are you? It, I am right now. My collecting habits have have practically ceased. Okay. Um, you know I'm. And I just kind of keep an eye out for certain things that I've always wanted. Um, and I think that's more or less where I am, as opposed to where I used to be, which is like, hey, it's coming out. I need it. I need it. I need it. Right. I'm finding I'm thinning out the collection quite a bit. Um, you know, I just purchased a, um, uh, an, a Red 5 helmet from RS Props out in uh, the UK. Right. Because I always wanted that kind of Luke Skywalker um, pilot helmet. Yeah. 
Um, I'm eyeballing this um, Han Solo blaster from Todd's Costumes that is way expensive, and I shouldn't be buying it, but it's kind of cool. Which blaster? Which movie? It's it's the uh, A New Hope blaster. So they, they recreated this thing from like the ground up. It's like a true prop. So they're not making it look like necessarily what it looked in the movies in an idealized version. They're actually getting like they're resourcing all the pieces. They're keeping all the imperfections on it. It's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah, because that's the best version of the blaster. But oh, without a doubt. Um, so as far as my collect, and then the stupid Harrison Ford signing that's happening, <laughs> and when the hell it's going to happen, and that's going to bankrupt me. Oh, okay. Um, but that all comes back to the stuff that I have already. Yeah. Like completing the collection, that is the curse of all Star Wars fans. Right. Um, but moving forward, I mean, Force Awakens, Last Jedi stuff, short of like a, a poster project that I kind of started, um, I'm really, I'm not collecting that stuff. I have no real connection with it. So there's really nothing to kind of get on it. So it's from the collecting aspect of it. I'm not necessarily looking forward to the future of Star Wars. Like I'm good. Um, as far as the movies are concerned, I'm looking forward to the end of um, this new trilogy and kind of seeing where they go and and in particular what are they going to do with Carrie Fisher because she's it was a big loss yeah um, and I, and I want to see where that goes but I don't need a Mandalorian series I don't need um, these standalone movies like I'm good like let me simmer in this for a little bit let me kind of remember everything that I loved about Star Wars and maybe try to apply it to the new movies let my kids have that same moment but there's just so much content that it's just it's it's not translating in the same way and i think it's just kind of getting away from them i think we're turning into um star trek Mm. that you know if we look at the star trek history and kind of what star trek did if we look at the tv series the original star trek series that is the the holy that is our bible right and then they were lucky enough to have next generation and next generation brought a whole new life to that series and and then the movies killed it and although the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie is a great movie, um, like I'm good on Star Trek content. Like I've, how many TV series can you give me? How many times can you spin it? It's, it's good. Guys, we're good. Just let us have it and then move on to something else. Like come up with something original and brilliant and we're going to be there with you because you were able to do it in the 70s and the 80s. Just do it now. Like nothing, not everything has to be harping on, the, uh, on our nostalgia or when we were kids. Yeah. And that's the bummer. And Stan Lee, which we should at least address that it happened this week that Stan Lee passed. Um, you know, w- what an icon. He brought so much to, to us growing up and to even generations before us. But it's like st- like we've mined Stan Lee as much as we can. <laughs> we need our next guy. Like, give us our next guy. That's who we're looking for. I. I could, that's my take on the future. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you look at something, you know, I know that recently, I don't know how recent it was, but you watched Firefly and Serenity. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I was in. It took me a while. Yeah. But I mean, better late than never. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never watched Star Trek Next Generation. So, you know, shame on me. Oh, no kidding. I'm not, wow. I've never been a Star Trek guy. Um, <laughs> but you, you look at something like Firefly that was incredib- incredibly original, right? Yep. Um, that got no fanfare at the moment was was you know obviously canceled after thirteen episodes. How is that? People still have the capacity to create original content in this genre, but it doesn't yeah. happen. We're we're all milking yeah. the same franchises and, and going on. 
and on and on. And it's something that's happening with Potter right now with the new Fantastic Beasts movie that's coming out. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like it's a new Harry Potter movie every year. But I have zero desire. I mean, I hated. Oh, you're not seeing those movies. I hated the first Fantastic oh. Beasts. I will see the second one, um, but by all accounts, it doesn't look good. It doesn't. It's not Harry Potter to me. Right. Um, so I, I'm not interested, uh, but I'll still see it. So where I'm at, <laughs> as a with the state of Star Wars at the moment, is I'm just really not interested. To be honest with you, Ooh. I don't collect anything anymore. I don't collect any autographs within Star Wars anymore. Um, I have zero desire to. I mean, if like if for instance, if you were going to the new celebration, I would go yep. so we could meet up. But that would be more just uh, hanging out. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this man has been promising me to do stuff <laughs> like this for years now. I still don't believe it. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, you know, we could talk about me not being a, the best of friends, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just not interested anymore. I know, and, and it breaks my heart because it's still so near and dear to me. And I still rewatch the original trilogy probably once a year. Um, yep. I still have an affinity for that. Uh, I love the soundtrack. Um, but I just, but could you imagine yourself 20 years ago saying what you just said? No, no, yeah, no. In, in early 2099 to 2005 during the prequels, yep. I, I, I couldn't be more locked in. Right. Everything. I ate everything up and maybe I would still be in that situation now if it, if I wasn't inundated, inundated, I can't even say that word with, yep. with, with star Wars. It's everywhere. It's everywhere now. And everywhere. I just don't, it's not special to me anymore. That's you. Sh- and and maybe that's part of it too, is that we're sharing it with too many people because it was, you know, back in the, the late eighties, early nineties, it's like, if you were a star Wars fan, you were the freaking nerd in the room. Right. And then all of a sudden it became like, all right, well, it's kind of something that's happening, but we're still kind of like a, a, a side group that maybe not a lot of people know about, but we're kind of interested. So we're kind of like edgy. And then all of a sudden it exploded again. Yeah. And just as we were kind of getting back to like, hey, we kind of like Star Wars and we're not like the main group, that's when Force Awakens came back out again. Yeah. So and it's it's funny because you could see it in the Star Wars celebrations. You could see like who's showing up, who's excited about it, who's just there for the merchandising. It's um it's it's a bummer. We're I wouldn't necessarily it's funny because it's, apparently we're in the heyday of Star Wars. But as far as the fans, I think the true fans are concerned, it's like the, the heyday is over. The heyday ended in like the early uh, 2000s. Yeah, I would argue that the heyday was was at during the prequels. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that's the best time, but I think that was the most culturally important time for Star Wars because it was... We, it was, were, we were all in. We'll take whatever you give yeah, us. Yeah. That's where we were. It was, it was a rabid fan base. I remember... I mean, even going to Comic-Con, I, I go to Comic-Con every year, the San Diego version, and there is, Star Wars ha- doesn't have a presence there anymore, which is beyond me. Oh, really? I think that's because of Disney, because Disney wants to make it, you know, a D23, which is Disney's version of kind of Comic-Con. Like, Star Wars doesn't really have a any kind of presence. Uh, for, in- for instance, um, two years ago when it was coming out, when uh, when Last Jedi was coming out, Star Wars wasn't there. Oh, no. See, I always thought that was a New York Comic-Con nope. thing. That we never got Star Wars stuff. Like we were lucky to get like a cartoon series announcement. Yeah. No, Disney doesn't doesn't bring it there anymore. Uh, so even that has changed. Where yeah. it, you know, that was something that was always really in the early two thousands when I was going to Comic Con. That was always something that was really important. And uh, I would actually go with a couple friends that I collected with. We would go, 
and you just don't see it anymore, which, which is just, I think, I don't know. It, it kind of bums me out, which is, it's just yeah. weird that it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that we're depressed considering we're in like, we got a bunch of Star Wars series and a movie and everything else coming ahead of us. And we're just kind of like, meh. Um, and again, it's, I, I don't want to lose focus on the fact that we are like in our late thirties, early forties at this point, you know, we, we've had the life that we've had, you know, maybe it's just that we're like bitter old bastards at this point. For sure. But it's, and it's like the damn kids, they don't know what it's like not to have star Wars in front of their lives. So uh, it's, I, well, the interesting is a, to find a real motivated young person who is like way into the prequel trilogy as like, as terrible as they may be. Like, I would love to hear kind of their thoughts moving forward and and what we're all about right now. Yeah, no, I, I would love to hear that as well. I find it interesting, uh, you know, my niece and nephew uh, who are uh, like seven and four, seven and five, um, when I ask them kind of what they want for Christmas, they do still say Star Wars items. Like they are, oh, no, yeah, really. yeah. <laughs> um, so I find that interesting. It's like, it's Star Wars and How to Train a Dragon. There's a few different things. But I just find it interesting that that it has picked up with a new generation. But I would be interesting, yeah. like interested, like you said, in in years to come to kind of have a conversation with someone who grew up with Star Wars during this time frame and see really like how they feel about it. Yeah, yeah. you know what our next big podcast is going to be, you and me. It's <laughs> going to be Indiana Jones. Uh, whenever, whenever you want to, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever we can talk about it as a series, we can do individual movies, whatever you want to do. I am, I'm all in. Because Indiana Jones, I think has a very interesting relationship with Star Wars and the fan base and is handled very differently than how Star Wars was. But I think that is a great, you know, hour and a half for us to kill. Well, let me, we're going to end this, but let me ask you one question then real quick on that. Sure. What do you enjoy better, Indiana Jones or Star Wars? And what is a better film, Empire Strikes Back or Raiders of the Lost Ark? Ooh, oh. <laughs> and you don't have to. Right. You don't have to get. You know, we don't have to get oh, no, no, no. quick, quick like knee jerk reaction. What do you say? I always feel that <clears throat> and this is ridiculous. This is when we get into like Nerdville, but let's go there for a little yeah. bit. I could have um, Star Wars on in the background at any moment of the day. Um, the Star Wars Empire of Jedi, it just, it, it could be on, if it's on TNT for whatever reason or TBS, wherever the hell it is, we'll throw it on. Right. And I can kind of live with it in the background and that's cool. Like I'm good with it. But like when Raiders comes on, like I'm sitting down and watching Raiders <laughs> and I really, I couldn't give you a good reason why it's just, I sit down and I watch that movie. It's like, it's almost like a trance. Okay. So as far as, again, without anybody bombing my house, in my heart, Empire is the better movie. Okay. But as a teacher of film, which I was before I became assistant principal, um, <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark, as far as a, a built movie, Raiders is a better movie. I couldn't agree with you more. I enjoy yeah. Empire better. Raiders of the Lost Ark is a better film. Yeah, got to sit down and watch Raiders. And Temple of Doom, I'll always kind of glaze over a little bit. But even still, you got to watch it. Do you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one I've watched the least. Um, I ride hard for Last Last Crusade. I love. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that. I almost love that movie. I almost enjoy watching that more than Raiders of the Lost Ark, even though 
Lost Ark is considerably just a better movie. But uh, yeah, Crusade, I might watch more though. And, and without getting into this, but Last Crusade is a duplicate of Raiders of the Lost Ark. If we're talking about movies kind of mimicking each other. Yeah. But again, that'll be a discussion for another it's day. It's a little more lighthearted though. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, all right. This was, I, this, I had, I had a very, very good time talking with you about this, sir. Me as well. Me as yeah. well. And uh, I know how many beers have you had? I've only had three only because three. it's like midday here. So we can't go too ballistic, yeah. but it was only three Guinness. Okay. And no, no Jehovah witness since the start. Yeah. No, the dog came down to check on me a couple of times okay. and you know, I, I, the kids are still breathing. So we're good. All right. You're good, man. You're not, you're not snowed <laughs> in yet. So we're, we're okay. And I promise yeah, you at some point I will be getting out there. I know empty promises. And for years now, how long are we saying about at least five, six years at this point? I don't know. Where is he? But at least I introduced you to in and out for the first time. Oh, you did. <laughs> From the airport to In-N-Out Burger, I couldn't have been happier. I did drive two hours to pick you up from the airport. You did. And I, hey, I'm willing to drive two hours to pick you up. I got you. (laughs) You want to fly it to Newark for whatever reason, I will pick you up in Newark. And Newark is such a shitty airport, though. (sighs) I can't disagree with you. (laughs) Before our friendship, I had, we we flew in and out of Newark a few times and it's, ugh. Ugh. And then taking the train from Newark to, to the city and like the cabbies and nah. Come on. You would take the Rob Leonard Express, <laughs> pick you up from the terminal. I would never fly. I would never make you drive all the way to Newark, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, this was, this was a ton of fun. Um, I appreciate it. I know uh, hopefully we didn't sound like two old bitter men, but I feel like maybe we did. <laughs> I hope not. Um, yeah, maybe. But I'm okay with that. Yeah. All right, buddy. We'll do it again. Okay. Excellent. See you soon. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I know it was a bit of a long one today, but it was a good topic. Thanks to Rob, Vice Principal Leonard, taking time out of your busy schedule to join me. Uh, We are finally available on iTunes. I know I've been promising it. Finally available at The Morning Geekdom. Also available on Stitcher. So we have iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, SoundCloud. If there's any other platforms you guys need, please let me know. But I think that's it. Until next week, special, special pod next week. Unveiling a new category. Pretty excited. Make sure you like, review, subscribe. Shout out to Gary Oldman. <laughs>